molestando con una vipa, me pregunta si te quiero, yo te digo que no estoy lista y no quiero comenzar. No hay nada que What is up, mi gente? This is your co-host, Luis Martinez, and this episode of Mi Gente Show is called Oscar Nomination Reactions. We recorded this episode right after the Oscar nominations dropped, and we had Beth Acomando, so you can find her at Cinebeth on Instagram or Twitter, to react to the Oscar nominations, bigger surprises, biggest snubs. Beth did a rant about the Oscars possibly becoming too soft, too safe in the movies that they were nominating, and then we talked a little bit about each of the categories. I have an Ana de Armas rant, and we talk about a bunch of other topics that were on the table during the week. We want to thank everybody that's listened. We are doing incredibly good for a new podcast, over 300 downloads per episode. We just need more people to like the episodes that they're listening to. Give us a rating wherever you listen, Podbeam, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, what have you. It helps us out tremendously, and we are going to continue to drop these every week. We hope that you're enjoying us. Make sure you find us at Mi Gente Show on Instagram, Twitter, etc., and we will talk to you soon. And as always, enjoy the pod. What is up, Sofia, mi gente? Good evening. Good evening, Anna. Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. Early in the week stream for Mi Gente Show. Live from the Mi Gente Burrito Lounge. Yeah. San Diego Chula Vista campus location. And uh yeah, Big Chief Burrito is on a stand-up desk again, as I see. Yeah, we're gonna we're we're stand we're standing, we're standing, we're I standing. It. I want to join you one of these days. That's all right. It's 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 okay. It's an adventure. We're 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 trying to make it happen, you know. We're trying to get the new health goals. Mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance to nap today, so I figured, hey, you know what? We're gonna have to do a at least part of the ste- the stream standing up uh to mm-hmm. uh compensate for that and to keep oh, me yeah. awake. Uh, but hi, Sofia. Hi, Mijente. How's everybody doing today? Live on a Tuesday. I uh, hope everybody's having a safe and prosperous January. Um, looks like the rain rain went away for now. Much needed. Kind of green. The world is getting greener, meaner, leaner. Are we still up here? Let me make sure. And Sofia seems to be frozen in time in a moment like this. Some people wait a lifetime. <laughs> All right. It looks like Sophia is frozen for a moment, but I want to thank everybody for joining us today. Mi gente show, everybody that's been watching the streams, everybody that's been listening, everybody that's subscribed, and especially all the people that are listening to the audio version of this podcast as it, it goes live after our show to Podbean. Um, also on Spotify, iTunes, Apple, Pandora, um, I heart every single podcast station you can think of. Good pods. Um, you can look for me, Hentha Show, and give us a rating. Follow us, like us, make sure that you give this episode a like. We're going to be talking Oscar nominations um, with Sofia Carrillo as soon as she gets back on. And also joining us to talk about her reaction to the Oscar nominations is going to be Beth Acomando from KPBS and uh, Cinebeth on Twitter and uh, Instagram. And I see that she's backstage now, so why don't I go ahead and bring her back on as Sophia. Uh, Sophia's internet went out. She's going to reset it as Sophia comes back on. So, Beth. Hello. Welcome to Mi Gente Show. Thank you. 
Uh, our co-host is back. There yeah. she is. You get technical difficulties. <laughs> Sophia, Beth, Beth, Sophia. Hi, Beth. How are you? Good. Ready to talk some uh, Oscars? Yes. Nice. All right. So our for kicking <laughs> off our first topic here for the evening, the Oscar nominations. They came out earlier today. Um, biggest uh, reaction I saw was about some of the Oscar snubs, uh, the usual suspects, Oscar so white, uh, Oscar's not taking enough chances, Oscar's being too safe, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Beth, what was your initial reaction uh, when, when, you, when you saw all the nominations this, uh, that came out today? Well, I will say I'm very happy to see everything everywhere all at once and Banshees of Anna Sharon getting top nominations. Like that was great. Those are smaller independent films. They push the envelope in a little bit of ways. I was also really happy to see RRR got a song nomination. Um, Bill Nahi got a nomination for Living, which is a small film that did not get a whole lot of attention. That was great. Uh, after Sun getting some nominations. I mean, I try to look for the good first <laughs> to find mm -hmm. some stuff that, you know, makes me happy. I'm very happy to see that, you know, I think this is a record number of nominations for Asians. So that's good to see. But as usual, you know, you mentioned the word safe. And I do believe that for the most part, the Oscars are about safe choices. They really yeah. don't want to pick stuff that's too radical or audacious or whatever so you know i was really disappointed to see something like avatar 2 and maverick and fablemans which i mean it, i'm not upset solely because these are like white male films that would be fine you know essentially banshees is a white male film <laughs> But they're just so artistically bland. And that's the thing that really frustrates me. Like, I would be happy to see Crimes of the Future and Mad God get nominated. Uh, um, but, you know, they go for safer mainstream Hollywood choices. I mean, Spielberg's made a ton of money for Hollywood. They're not going to ignore his personal film, you know, <laughs> all about, the you know, falling in love with movies. Um, even though it was kind of a weirdly detached film. So, yeah, I mean, I'm always kind of frustrated. I mean, I've had a love-hate relationship with the Oscars almost my entire life. Or basically, the more films I see, the more issues I have with the Oscars. When I was only seeing, you know, a couple dozen films when I was a kid, you know, maybe I, I could feel a little less angry about some of the choices. <laughs> okay. But, um yeah, I mean, I just get for like I said, my, a couple of my favorite films were Mad God and Crimes of the Future, and they are nowhere to be seen. But my third favorite film of the year was Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. So I'm at least happy to see that and a film like Tar um, represented. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for uh, thank you for stopping by and, and opening rent here by Miss uh, Beth. <laughs> uh, Karina, thanks for tuning in. She says no women directors and no yeah. bad women nominations. Well, now there there is a woman director amongst the um, documentaries. So mm. uh, Fire of Love, which is an outstanding film, um, was directed by a woman. And it's a really amazing film because it's basically crafted out of archival footage about a couple who were in love with each other and in love with volcanoes. So um, there, there is 
I mean, that's not part of the 10, the, you know, the main best picture nominees or the best directors, but um, there is at least one. Okay. Um, my biggest uh, surprise, I think, was All Quiet on the Western Front, which was, you know, just a streaming movie that sort of came and went. I watched it. I didn't feel the same way that I felt about like 1917 or um, any recent, obviously not even close to what I would feel about like the thin red line or some of my favorite war movies. Um, what was it about it? Do you think that that captivated people or, or what do you think it, do you think it was just a weak year and then it stole some, somebody's nomination or how did you feel specifically about that? I, I do think that the best adapted screenplay category was a little thin. Uh, there were a lot more original screenplays that I think were interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, All Cry on the Western Front is co-written by a San Diego State graduate, uh, Leslie Peterson. Oh, wow. So that's an interesting local tie for that. I mean, I think the film, you know, it's a classic novel that I think a lot of people have a connection to. I think it's, I think part of what's appealing about it right now or interesting about it right now is, you know, this is over a century old and I feel kind of like, have we not learned anything about war and about like Mm -hmm. sacrificing young people to, you know, these political causes? Um, So I think Part of what may have struck a chord is this sense, especially at the end, where, you know, these military uh, leaders waste the lives of these people just because they wanted to make some sort of point or, you know, political statement and had absolutely no concern with the individuals that they were actually sending out into battle. So I think that still strikes a chord, whether it's a period film set in World War One. And I, I do think, I mean, you know, you mentioned something like Thin Red Line. I mean, I think that's a much more daring and artistic piece of work about war um, and mm-hmm. is really exceptional. And I think All Quiet on the Western Front is a really strong, dramatic film. I mean, I think, you know, this was one of the first films to win an Oscar in when it was made in the 20s or, yeah, late 20s. And I think it's still a powerful story. And I think it still manages to connect with people. But I I do also think that, I mean, if you look at these nominees for screenplay, I mean, the original ones are, uh, I think there were far more original ones and there's more on there that could have, I mean, I would have replaced the Fablemans with Crimes of the Future. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, I I think... I think... I don't know, man. A lot. I think a lot of the sensibilities were, um, of specifically when it comes to crimes of the future. You know, you had infanticide. You know, seven minutes into the film, and I think maybe that it's, it's not as it's not as popular as as it used to be. No, uh, it's, no. it's not a warm and fuzzy film. <laughs> not a warm and fuzzy. <laughs> not a feel good. It's not not necessarily no. Um, so yes, and and for people that don't know the lore in terms of every um, the um, all quite on the Western Front, um, literally they while they were suing for war or, or doing peace talks, they decided to wait an extra day to end the war at like at noon two days from now, and they literally just let all these kids just continue to kill themselves after the war was technically agreed to be over, just because they wanted to not bow down to you know, external powers and stuff like that. So if, 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 
it's really a, a biting your nose to spite your face type of situation. <laughs> um, no women directors um, no. in the main category um, after. Do you think Jane Champion spoiled it for you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> uh, after two years in a row, um, you know, mm. is that like an Oscar? Like, all right, you've had enough. Or, um, you know, do you, what do you think the biggest one of those snubs is um, out of all the, the, the main films directed by women this year? Well, I think that since After Sun managed to nab a nomination for its actor, uh, Paul Mescal, which was really surprising. I, I did not expect that at all. I'm surprised that she wasn't able to, Charlotte Wells wasn't able to kind of sneak in there as, you know, one of the, the directors. I mean, I think part of the problem this year may have been that two of the films that critics seem to like a lot, Women Talking and She Said, were very kind of message forward about, uh, you know, one was about the Weinstein case and the other one is based on a book and kind of inspired by a real event about women in a very close-knit religious community who are dealing with kind of repeated sexual assault and abuse. And I'm not sure that those were the kind of films that people were, and especially like Academy voters, we're swarming to go see. And I think we're still a bit in the post-pandemic mode of, you know, I think films that are about more difficult topics and are a little bit of downers, like films like Crimes of the Future. Uh, I don't think people were as eager to go out to see those. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's a hurdle that you have to get over. Um, but, you know, as a film critic, I get a lot of award screeners. And one thing you can kind of, of gauge is you know what films get sent to you and how much they push for certain things but um you know yeah. i just feel like there was a push for a lot of those women directors and the films that they made crimes of the future you yeah. could just press play on netflix it came up it's you you know you turn it on and it was there and you're like okay let's watch this whereas like you said if you wanted to go out of your way to go see you know body horror you had to get up and go watch it or go to like maybe an independent cinema where Mad God was playing or go out of your way to, to watch another films that that weren't getting the push. And when you're getting 50 to 100 DVDs in the mail, you know, each month during award season, it's kind of hard to make the time to, to get all of that. Remember that these voters are people too, or whereas before, maybe for the last, for the last 40, anything out of the last 10 years, it was mostly a lot of old school Hollywood award winners, nominees that were in it. They've sort of cleaned up the ranks a little bit, but there's still a lot of old Hollywood in, in, in those voter roles. So, you know, even though they, they're, they're moving a little bit forward, um, you still have to kind of um, go. Um documentary and all those and stuff like that they are going to broadcast all the categories that they snubbed last year so at least that's one thing because last year we got like a uh we got those little snit uh, snippets of all the pre-awards so now everything's going to go on the show um we're also probably going to have extra security this year because of the will smith situation what do you what do you anticipate <laughs> the what do you think the theme and the mood of this year's show going to be I'm not sure. You know, it's hard to predict with the Oscars. They, you know, as a awards show, it just seems like they have not been able to figure out how to make it interesting to watch. You know, they try all sorts of things. No 
hosts, multiple hosts, host introducing, you know, or announcers introducing presenters or single presenters, double presenters. But I think last year, I think the thing that really bothered me and that I really felt strongly was I did not feel like there was a love for cinema. Like they were making fun of movies. They were making fun of nominees. And I know that that's a typical thing to a degree, but it really felt like nobody putting that show together really wanted to celebrate the art of cinema. Like I didn't feel that passion for movies. And I think that's what they need to return to. I don't know if they will, but um, I think there has to be that sense that, you know, we're honoring these films because we think they're works of art and we want you to appreciate that as well. And, you know, I would hope that the Academy would also have some sort of sensibility about like, let's go back to the cinema. Like let's try to encourage people to go back and watch movies in that community setting with other people in the dark, watching the big screen, because that's really the way movies kind of play out the best. Um, I mean, at least for me, I love that kind of environment to watch a movie. It's yeah, not the same as watching on my computer. I, I love that you mentioned that because that's something that I hadn't actually thought about how I feel like Hollywood, um, for the most part, has embraced uh, all of these online platforms like Hulu and HBO and all of that. When in reality, it's a it's a it's a dying art, you know, that people are not going to the cinema anymore. Maybe they should work a little harder to encourage that or make it, you know, that that experience that you mentioned. Um, yeah. What are some things that you you think they could do to maybe promote that a little more? Um, you know, I think, I think part of it is how you present those nominees and stuff and that sensibility of like, hey, seeing some of these movies on a big screen, you know, and even I will give Avatar the fact that <laughs> I didn't like it, but, you know, it was an event picture and mm -hmm. it was a film where if you're going to see it, you want to see it in a cinema where you can get IMAX and where you can get mm -hmm. the state-of-the-art 3D and appreciate it for how James Cameron envisioned it to be presented. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even though I'm not a fan of that film and I'm not a huge fan of Maverick either, but both of those films got people to come to a cinema. And, you know, I think something like RRR, if it had gotten a mainstream release, that's the same kind of event picture that we need to celebrate. And I'm really mm -hmm. upset that that didn't get a best film nomination because it's not a, the greatest work of art, but oh my God, it is so celebratory about just the power that a movie has to get an audience up off their feet, cheering, dancing in a lot of cinemas. And, you know, that's the kind of thing. I think if they had nominated that, you know, maybe they could kind of reconnect with that love for what going to the movies is all about. And I'm sure that they're going to do a big production number for the song that got nominated. Mm -hmm. And maybe that'll have, you know, a, a bit of a sensibility of of what those kind of films are about. But I think that's the kind of thing they have to emphasize. And it's not as so I know they like expanded the nominations for best film because they said they wanted to get more popular films. And right. Like Marvel movies get nominated because that'll increase the viewership. But I think what they really need to understand is we need to celebrate movies, like the act of going to movies, the act of making movies. And, you know, the fact that they didn't have 
the craft categories like editing is not celebrating, you, you know, the craft of cinema. They, like mm -hmm. if you just say like editors, we're not, <laughs> it's not worth having you on our show. <laughs> like, what does that say about how much respect you have for the actual process of making well, a film? Yeah. Well, we're going to we're going to talk about that specifically in a second. I want to uh, thanks everybody that's tuning in. Disney Miss Lizzie, she says I liked that when they had no host. <laughs> All right. What's up, Yeah, what's I up? did too. Yeah. What's up, scared about it? Um, I'm also seeing a lot of apathy towards the Oscars on Twitter. Yeah, I haven't seen it like yeah. I, I didn't see a lot of uh mostly there's some people that were upset about Viola Davis uh mm -hmm. not getting nominated for The Woman King um and yeah. there's some a couple of other kind of uh, female uh uh, I think one of the t the toughest one was uh, best uh, uh, woman actor in a lead role. Um, so I think that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, Karina says directors and rich celebs buying out screenings and giving away tickets to get people excited about theaters again. Um, and uh, AMC at the movies. Am I right? But speaking about getting back out to the movies. <laughs> yep. I would just like to take this second to let remind you guys that the San Diego Latino Film Festival starts May, mm -hmm. March 9th through the 19th, celebrating 30 years, the Dirty 30, for the <laughs> San Diego Latino <laughs> Film Festival. I know Beth will be there and mm -hmm. Sophia and I will be there streaming live on some of the days. Uh, we'll be uh, hopefully at the media kickoff party, which is in February and then into the festival. We want to be there. Um, you can get your passes now at sdlatinofilm.com. And or and also we will be giving away at least two pairs of tickets each show from now to the end of the festival. Ooh. If you want to get into the drawing for two free tickets to any film at the San Diego Latino Film Festival, um, just do hashtag Mi Gente Show in the chat, and we will use that uh, hashtag to use the giveaway tool to give away tickets and also leading up to the festival, we will also be giving away two full passes to the festival, which means that you can go to every movie. You can go there every day. You can go to all the parties and also most importantly, Sabor Latino. Yes. Uh, That's my favorite. <laughs> where there'll be food and beer at the mall and you can hang out. So use hashtag mm -hmm. me hand show in the chat uh, on Facebook, Twitch, wherever you get this and, and um, shout out to the San Diego Latino film festival. I will once again, be curating the comedy showcases. I'm knee deep in comedies. There was 572 submissions. We are letting everybody know pretty soon about all the movies that got selected. Very excited about, but I was about to say that, but then you said we need to get people back out to the movies. So that reminded mm -hmm. me right there. All right. Um, so quick segue here. Uh, I want to remind everybody that this is the movie that won best editing in <laughs> <laughs> this this one best editing in uh, a couple of years ago, the Queen Biocape, which is he gives you the classic wide shot to this shot, quick, quick, uh, another random wide shot to a react to a to another reaction to another reaction to a sitting down, and then of course you need another cutaway, and we must see the insert of the chair being pulled over, or why? How would we know that he sat down if we don't yeah. see the chair being pulled? <laughs> so. And I, I I read an interesting theory about this, which is uh, this movie suffered a lot because directors dropped off and, and then somebody else had to finish the movie. And what I basically heard and the theory behind this movie, one for best editing. OK, this mm -hmm. is why I'm showing it to you. Um, uh, yeah, mi gente. Yes, Karina, for the Sabor Latino, mi gente. Just mi, mi gente show. Uh, and that, that's what we we'll use for the giveaway tool. Um 
the reason that this movie got one for best editing was because anybody that was in the industry recognized that the footage must have been such a shit show <laughs> that the real editing because trust me i have edited movies that we that we shot and we got to the premiere and the actors was like oh my god thank you you i don't know i didn't think i did any i didn't i didn't think i did that good you you somehow made me look good mm-hmm. it's really hard to have shitty footage and make somebody look competent actors <laughs> Um, and filmmakers. So I think this movie got the Oscar because they realized that the editor had like an impossible job and they somehow made a competent piece out of it. The uh, the concert scenes at the end were awesome, but some of the stuff in this movie was just out of, do you agree, Beth? Did mm-hmm. you, uh, how do you feel about this one? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't that crazy about that film. I mean, what it did essentially was kind of, you know, it gave us just... That, I mean, you talk about that end sequence. I mean, you could have just watched the documentary footage online and it would have looked exactly the same. Yeah. So, like, how much effort does that take in terms of the creativity? Like, I know it's a lot of work to make it look good and to, you know, pull that off. But I also feel like I wanted to see more. I mean, I can't believe that they did a film about Queen and never mentioned Flash Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> they did an amazing film score. And that's not typical for, you know, a lot of bands at that time. So I would have liked to have seen something like that. But, um, you know, editing is a craft that I'm not even sure people in Hollywood outside of the Editor's Guild know what it takes to edit a film. So, I mean, one of the things to to remember, too, is that the individual guilds make the nominations for, for like, cinematography, editing. Um, but the largest voting group in the Academy are actors. So, you know, part of what you got to look at, too, in Bohemian Rhapsody is it's a very actor-centric film and one actor-centric film. Yeah. And maybe mm-hmm. that's what appeals to them. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but you know, I think if you ask some people, what do editors do? You know, they just complain that they made the film too long. You know, it's like, Oh, that film was slow. It needed to be cut down. Um, But I'm not sure people really understand the craft of editing where, you know, an editor can really craft a performance. They can take a dozen takes in a single scene, you know, Mm -hmm. cutting up dialogue from one take to another, uh, you know, getting just the right 12 frames of a reaction. Mm -hmm. Um, Finding frames that weren't even shots that were just, that were just, uh, the tape was rolling, just a reaction, something from another scene that works, you know, Um, making a Mm -hmm. cut at minute 17 and then having to go watch the entire thing over again, just to see how it flows with the rest of the movie. There's a lot of stuff that editors do. Yeah. Everything really does get fixed in post. I mean, (laughs) people need to value it. The process is you direct the movie three times when you write it, when you film it and when you edit it. So usually, usually I do all three of those on my projects. Um, Dizzy says, I just really want to live in a universe where Sasha Cohen, Baron Cohen, (laughs) <laughs> was Freddie Mercury. Oh, she can't get his name right. Okay. Uh, Cyro says, mis favoritos podcasters. Hi. Thank you, Claudia. Love Love you, thank you for stopping by. All right. That brings me to my next question, Beth, which is what is every year um, there's usually 
a lock that I have. Like I give my stone cold lock of the century of the week for the Oscars. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of years, it was um, the sound of metal for best sound. There was not mm-hmm. going to be anybody that, that was going to beat that. Brad Pitt for best supporting actor for once upon a time in Hollywood was, I think an absolute lock. Um, I will give my lock of the year for the Oscars at shortly, but what do, what do you think is the biggest lock? Do you think it is best actress? Do you think it is best best song for RRR? Because you know they're going to perform it at the Oscars, and you know that much is happening. Um, what do you what do you think is is your lock for this year? All right, I can't give a lock. <laughs> I am like. I lose Oscar pools like crazy. No, I, invite, I invite Beth every year. She's like, no, I don't do Oscar pools. Like, you're, you're, <laughs> a, you're a movie reviewer. I'm so bad. I am so bad. And here's my problem. I'm always torn between what my heart tells me and what mm-hmm. I kind of try to intellectually, you know, figure out. So, I mean, I would love to say that Michelle Yeoh is a lock. That's what I was going to say, too. But I feel like if I do that, I'm going to totally jinx her because <laughs> the thing I want, and I'm going like, they've got to be smart enough to understand this. And it's yeah. like, hmm, maybe not. Um, maybe the lock, uh, I am terrible at this, but maybe the lock is Spielberg for best director. Oh, um, interesting. You know, he's... Okay. Really? <laughs> well, and the reason is because Hollywood likes to see itself on screen. So the Fablemans is about, you know, someone becoming a filmmaker and, and, you know, this is a film that he's waited years to make. He's talked about how personal it is. You know, it's about his parents divorcing too. And um, he's getting on in years and I don't know. Parts of the story in other movies, like you Mm -hmm. said, it's some of, some of these, Little mm-hmm. bits have been in other movies, uh, Close Encounters of the, you know, all these other movies have been part of it. Yeah. So it, he might be, he might be the sentimental kind of choice for best director. Um, I'm not sure mm-hmm. anyone else is like a real strong contender, but, you know, the other thing that you have to factor into is like, do two directors or do two performers kind of pull votes away from each other. Cause you know, like in supporting actor, we have two people from everything, everywhere, all at once, Stephanie Hsu and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. And those are the kind of situations I remember back when the Godfather got nominated, there were like three best supporting actors from the Godfather, you know, did Just they split the vote and, you know, make it so that neither one of them could win. I, I was wondering, cause this is Jamie Lee Curtis's first nomination, right? I think so. That, yeah. That's something that completely blew my mind and then had me thinking, I mean, she not to take anything away from her because her performance was amazing, but she was a surprising nomination, in my opinion, for supporting actress. Um, but I do think that because they nominated her, she's going to win, right? Like, I was just baffled that it's her first nomination. I feel like sometimes <laughs> you get to be, you're in the industry for so long and you deserve it that they'll just be like, all right, she she gets it. <laughs> like, she deserves it. Well, the classic example of like thinking somebody was a shoe in was back when Titanic came out. Leo DiCaprio, yeah. No, actually, not oh. so much Leo DiCaprio, but Best Supporting Actress was um, Gloria Foster, who was like a silent film star. And um, and there was also a time when Lauren Bacall got a Best Supporting Actress nomination. And right. so there's all this like a grand lady of cinema, like, oh, this is Hollywood's chance to finally recognize this person who never got an award. And like both of them lost to like really young other actresses. True. So 
just when you think somebody's like, oh yeah, that's that's why I have a really hard time. No, like, that's doing true. A lock. I'm not like you, Louise. I can't. I don't have that certainty by any means. Listen, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm too. I think. So I think last year. I think I know that that sound of metal. I had it like Stone Cold Luck. There's you could put the. Mm-hmm. You could bet your mortgage on sound of metal winning best sound. <laughs> you could have put your mortgage on 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 Brad Pitt winning. Uh, yeah. Best supporting actor. I think Th- key best supporting actor this year. Key and everything, everywhere, all at once. I think that's a lock. If I'm gonna I lock anything, so. it's that one. Uh, Claudia says I think that best picture is a lock, or at least it is in her heart. Um, I think Spielberg mm. locked it in. Says Dizzy. I think that's how it seems. Uh, and then Angela Bassett for yeah best supporting as well. I will, I will give you guys the actual lock. Uh, for this year's nominees. Okay, in, in okay. Second, if you guys, if you guys are ready, and I'm ready. The lock okay. for this year is going to be Brendan Fraser for the whale. Yeah. All right, he's doing it for the yeah. big guys. He's doing it for the fatties. <laughs> it's one of you know, and obviously this is this is something that I thought about obviously for a big time because there was a whole thing. Should he wear the fat suit? Um, you know, um, I haven't seen them. I haven't seen the movie yet. Uh, but Darren Aronofsky is one of my favorite, uh, filmmakers. Um, obviously <sighs> Requiem for a Dream is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. So I give him a pass and mm-hmm. I just, everything that I've seen award season, he's a darling. Um, it gives Hollywood a chance to sort of be like, Hey, we love fat people. And, you know, it, it mm-hmm. gives kind of like a thing, which, which don't underestimate. Um, so I think that uh, Brendan Fraser for the whale is going to win is is my lock this year. So I I agree. Latino slant said no, straight up no. <laughs> so that <laughs> listen, listen. I'm just saying, like I, I'm two for two for the last <laughs> my locks. I mean, you can say that um, uh, everything everywhere at once for, uh, for best picture. It, I mean, here's it? all right. Let's take a look I at the best it. best picture nominees. We got all quiet on the Western Front. Avatar, The Way of the Water, because it made $2 billion. Banshees, which is a dark film. I didn't really find it. I mean, it was all right. I was just kind of like, all right, they're going there. Um, Elvis, which I enjoyed visually. I'm a Baz fan. Karina as well. Um, Wow. Requiem is getting a lot of hate in the chat. Requiem? 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 Requiem for a dream? Have you seen Requiem, Sophia? No. Okay. So you can't talk. No, I know. I'm just saying the chat is telling me not to. Requiem is way better than the whale. But. Yeah, but okay. Well, I just Dang think word. that based on based on, and I didn't make those decisions on the other films because I had seen it and loved it. I just feel you. It's a sense yeah, yeah. you get. It's a sense no, of no, the no. voting. It's a sense you get. Mm-hmm. Um, see, I, I can't th- do that. I can't separate my heart from those like the the gambling odds and stuff i go like yeah. no no don't tell me that that's not gonna win yeah. <laughs> you don't go to the casino huh you can't i'm a gambler i'm a gambler everything everywhere all at once the fableman's tar top gun maverick triangle of sadness and women talking um not she said which i felt was kind of spot was kind of very reminiscent of spotlight top mm-hmm. gun maverick which rosa which we had on two weeks went to see 12 mm-hmm. times in the theater uh, the Fablemans, uh, Banshees, um, Sophia, I know you haven't mm-hmm. seen a lot, but do you have a favorite? I mean, everything everywhere all at once has been my one and favorite this whole year. It's like a three hour movie and I watched it like three times. I loved it. It has a scene with two rocks speaking to each other and it was like the most beautiful scene in the world. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I just, it was so good and it's low budget. And I just, that was the one film that I have no idea how they edit it. Like, 
I was looking at each take and I'm like, how did you do that? I don't know. Like it baffled me. I can't, I can't believe it. It's got a, it, and it's, and it's leading all nominations mm-hmm. and it's been sweeping categories. It's been doing good golden globes, um, you know, best supporting actor too. I do mm-hmm. think that, 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 uh, well, maybe on the supporting actor, you can get another, another lock there. If, if it's a Spielberg, if it's a, if it's a, um, Temple of Doom sweep with best director and best supporting actor, <laughs> and we can re- if we can recreate the, the 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 short round picture from 1985 to this, I think it would be a variant. I, Hollywood loves symmetry and stuff like that, so I, I mm-hmm. could also see that happening. Um, having this actor that was in a movie with um, Steven Spielberg as an unknown child actor who got lost in the sauce for 30 years and comes yeah. back and gets nominated for best supporting actor. He got it. That, that That's, that's my second. That would be my that's second. That's a lot for me. Yeah. Uh, I but, I, so. but I think, all right. So uh, let's switch gears here for a quick second. We have Beth for a second. I just wanted to ask her a couple of other questions. What would you think would be the, your least favorite Oscar or least deserving Oscar winner of all time? Uh, some people say Shakespeare in Love. I say Crash was pretty crappy. Oh, was, uh, oh yeah, you know. that was terrible. Not only was it terrible, but it has the same name as a brilliant Cronenberg film. Absolutely. So I always, I always much have to qualify much myself movie. and say, I love mm-hmm. Crash. No, the good one. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. The one about people yeah. getting off on cutting their limbs off. Are you yeah. talking about the, the worst best picture win? Whew. Well, I think we just saw the the best, the worst best editing uh, win. But but people say Driving Miss Daisy, um, anything that hey, Green Book, um, I like Driving Miss Forrest Daisy. Gump one was not deserved. Forrest Gump is my like absolute like that's a deal breaker film. You know, yeah. if if Green I go Book out on a date with someone and they say they love Forrest Gump, that's it. I'm like walking out right. At- <laughs> I'm not, I'm not you heard it here first, folks. You suspect. You let's <laughs> let's watch it. Hey, let's let's put on a movie in the background. All right, what do you got? Four's no. go. No. Bye. Crap. Oh my god. I'll call an Uber from the corner. I'm out of here. <laughs> uh, crash that moonlight. My, that would be the worst. I mean, there's Oscar there's Oscar winners that you just like. Eh, I'll never watch that movie again. The yeah. King's Beach. Maybe. For the most you know. part, honestly, there's yeah. A lot. There's a lot. There's a oh, lot. the one with the dog. What was the one with the dog that I hated last year? I don't know. Last year? The, something was it called Dog? No, it was, it was, a, it was, was a movie called Dog. It was literally all scenic like shots, and there was this boy, and I forgot. What was it called? A boy and hmm. his dog? Tell me. No, there was a guy. That, that was The good. cowboy one. The cowboy one. <laughs> I don't remember that. Oh, oh uh, the power the of the way dog. Of the power, dog. Wait, power of the, the power, power of the, of the dog. dog? The Power yeah. of the Dog. Yeah, that one sucked. Yeah, that my, was Jane Champion. Head. Yeah, that one was. I love the director. I love the scenic views, but I didn't like the storyline or the acting or anything else. Yeah, yeah I was, just uh, love that it like the guy you thought was the the, the twist. wimp mm-hmm. was plotting all along, all so along. coolly yeah. and calmly, and got exactly what he wanted. And that twist at the end was, I thought, just really yeah it was lovely good. yeah they, i think they, it was they, good they i was just up. tired by the end of it it was just so long too yeah but. it took me it took me literally four or five times to start it for me to actually just be able to just like all right and then finally i had to watch yeah. it i remember this because i i watched it without sound so oh. i was really enthralled with the visuals of of, of, the, of the scenes 
uh, et cetera, et cetera. And that was the one thing that, okay, all right, let me pay a little attention to this. Mm-hmm. All right, Power of the Dog. Yeah, terrible. It, it was another one. The no, one with Guillermo it. del Toro as well, I didn't like at all. The um, Bradley oh, Cooper? The, yeah. The, oh, Nightmare uh, Alley? Yeah, yeah I, Nightmare I, Alley. I did not like that one. No. It was, what do you think, my, t- my take on that was, <laughs> it's, it was all white. It was, it was all, all it was all white. It was all white. It was all, it was all white. It was all white. Um, yeah. that's you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I mean, come on. Guillermo, you're an, you're an icon. Just you yeah. know, give us some roles, you know? All right. Uh, and then give lastly, monsters. give us some yes. monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. All right. Uh, and since we have, uh, Beth here and I had this set up earlier, Beth, uh, before we let you go, I want to do a quick, um, I want to mm-hmm. do a quick bracket bit with you. We're going to just give you a couple of movies from 2022 and you can just tell me we're going to do a speed round. We're going to do a speed round Uh-oh. bracket bit, right? So okay. I'm going to give you two movies. You tell me which one moves on. I'm not even going to play the intro because this is something we like to call the bracket bit. Yeah. With Beth. Yeah. All right, here we go. Boom. I'm going to give you two movies, Maverick or Amsterdam. Oh, shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> it is painful. That, 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 that was, that's, uh, that's painful. That was, that, that, was, that was Ross's uh, reaction. You know, but more I'll, because I'll Amsterdam was Maverick. so bad. Ah. Okay. Amsterdam, what did I... I watched it. I could get through Amsterdam, but there was just some. I guess it's the, the director's kind of a piece of crap. I don't know what was it. It had no heart and soul. Mm. I don't know. I mean, the, they're films that feel kind of very smug with themselves mm-hmm. about like. It was more of an aesthetic. How clever I am. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. All right, we're gonna go. You said you also didn't like Top Gun too much, right? Not I a did big not. Fan? That was a tough yeah. one, though. If yeah. you want to see if if some of these films make it, like you've got a lot of films I hate on this list. Well, that's so. a, this will be good. This will be an really interesting tough. one. All right. All right, we got Hustle or Woman Talking. I have not seen Hustle yet, so I'll go with Women Talking. Mm-hmm. Adam Sandler, underrated. I think he yep. also got snubbed for an Oscar. Very beautiful basketball film. A simple movie, but very good. I recommend that it. it's on Netflix. All right, the Woman King, which I think was uh, was I think Viola Davis was snubbed for Best Actor because mm. actress because she did a great job, or Minions: The Rise of Gru. Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> go with the Woman King. A Woman King. All right, Minions gets no love here. The Fablemans, <laughs> or and I'd like to see what you think about this movie, Bones and All. Uh, it was like an emo cannibal story. I was so disappointed. <laughs> I liked it. I, what it, I, lo- I like. I really liked that movie. I really liked it. Well, I mean, I am going to go with Cannibals over Spielberg uh, okay. any day, but I was disappointed by Bones and All. I thought it started well. Like, it started brilliantly. Like, it the is, yeah. whole opening was really well done. Like, the the shock of it and the surprise the of where it turned. Yeah. Um, and the whole concept of, like, a underground cannibal society, I really liked. But then it just turned into, like, emo romance for teens and mm. It was, I think, one of the best reveals of the year. I think one of the worst reveals of the year was um, "Don't Worry, Darling," where they just crammed the oh, whole reveal yeah. into like. The, it was like, oh, here, they here's the setup, 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 and then it's like, oh, 12 minutes left. Boom! Reveal, reveal, reveal. Here you go. Everything, 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 everything. You know, it's like, whoa. Okay, got it. Ugh. All right, uh, Barbarian or The Northman? I'm gonna go with Barbarian. Can I like I them both, though. I like them both. Crimes of the Future or The Black Phone? Oh, Crimes of the Future. RRR or Bardo? RRR. All Quiet on the Western Front or Terrifier 2? All Quiet. Official Competition or Pinocchio? Oh. Hmm. Official Competition. Hmm. Emily the Criminal or Werewolf by Night? 
Emily the criminal. Mad God or After Sun? Oh, hands down, Mad God. Although I did like After Sun. Glass Onion or The Batman? Mm, glass Onion. The Batman might win for uh, special effects because of the Cullen, um, because of the transportation of the of the of the Penguin, which I think was pretty, would be pretty interesting. Um, mm. You think that obviously it would deserve more than just the the blue FX of Avatar, right? Or the <laughs> um, yeah. let's let's go with practical effects. Can we can we separate practical effects from green screen effects? The Oscars, I think that I think for filmmakers yeah. it would make a difference because I think yeah. I think green screen and computer effects are different from practical mm-hmm. effects. Oh, they uh, are. And different, completely different kind of budget range. Absolutely. Yeah, the unbarrel weight of massive talent or decision to leave? Oh, uh, decision to leave. I love Park Chan-wook. Uh, no bears or the menu? Uh, no bears. Prey or banshees? Banshees. Morbius. <laughs> it's, it's morbid time. It's morbid time. <laughs> or everything, everywhere, all at once. Listen, man, if enough people make, keep making a joke, they will green light a sequel. <laughs> everything, everywhere, all at once. Hands uh, down. Hollywood has no idea whether it's good press or bad press. If, if people keep saying that and they keep doing memes about it, trust me, we'll, we'll, we'll get a savior. All right. Uh, Top Gun or Woman Talking? Women Talking. The Woman King or Bones and All? Woman King. It's going to be a female Ooh, battle. Women, there. woman. Barbarian or Crimes of the Future? Crimes of the Future. RRR or All Quiet? RRR. Official Competition or Emily the Criminal? Emily the Criminal. Mad God or Glass Onion? Mad God. Decision to Leave or No Bears? Decision to Leave. Banshees or Everything? <laughs> everything. <laughs> oh, everything. now Listen, it gets the, hard. I feel like the, ban- the Banshees was a good movie. Like I said, it I just. I loved it. I love I love dark films and I love films where characters might not be entirely sympathetic, which is why I love Tar. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Tar had a, was a little like uh the, the the what was that one film um Whiplash? No, what was it? Was it? The one with Oh, it's the, a little the, bit it it's got a little bit of uncut gems, not the characters not as like mm-hmm self-destructive and crazy but it's still like you're spending two hours or two and a half hours with somebody who you really don't like you know what movie had that sort of uncut gems uh Shafi brothers sort of tension was shiva baby if you remember that if the, did you did you ever get uh, it? yeah because it had not, it, it, not quite it just had, not, but it just just i i, I compare them just because I, they felt like there was like a, a this tension of being found out this whole time. It just, I, I love movies like that, that, that sort of have that tension. And the best thing about Banshees was just sort of like, Oh, they're not going to go there. Are they? And they're like, Oh yeah, they are. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Women talking or the woman King. Woman King. Shh, the woman King is talking. Yes. Uh, crimes of the future or RRR. Crimes of the future. Emily or mad God. Oh, mad God. Who decision or everything. Uh, everything. Everything, everywhere, all at once, or Mad God? I'm I'm going to have to go with Mad God. Oh! Mad it's, God. It, it was my favorite film of the year. And oh, The Woman King and, and Crimes then of the Crimes of the Future was my second favorite film of the year. You did say everything oh. was number three for you, and these were your yep. first and second. So, so we I know where this God. is going. Yeah. I, I, finally, I get a win. <laughs> <laughs> Mad, God. Too. Mad God. Mad God. The Oscar I mean, 
Bill Tippett took 30 years to make that film. And that every wild. every grain of sand, every thread, everything that's in that film was placed there by a human hand and animated through stop motion animation. And it's just, it's brilliant. I love it. It, it, it it's yeah. it's trippy listen um the best movies to do hardcore drugs this year were mad god <laughs> and mad god and bardo that should and, be a bracket bit possibly, for you Lou. possibly rrr yeah well the best was always you know um hobo with a shotgun was for a long time and then <laughs> and then mandy came along with nick cage and and, mm-hmm. and that was and anything that chodorowski does yeah absolutely and then crimes of the future underrated cronenberg back at it you know, so good. Yeah. yeah, it's not a comfortable movie to sit through, but it is an it is good and it is cinema. So we're glad that we got the we got to do this with you, Beth, today. Thank you very much for stopping by to yeah. give us your rant Thank on you so the much. Oscar. Yeah. Tell Thank everybody you so where, much, Beth. Tell everybody where they can follow you or listen to your podcast. Sure. I'm at kpbs.org for all my coverage and on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Cinebeth. And um, I also work with Film Geek San Diego, and we are at the Digital Gym website, digitalgym.org. And we have a year-long back-in-action back film series. So we'll be having old-school action, 80s action, Hong Kong action, and Ozploitation action. Make sure that you are sending me the – although I usually see them because I follow Cine uh, Geek so that we can uh, promote it on the on the podcast and stuff moving forward. But that uh, Beth, thank you for joining us. Thank um, you. We're gonna we're gonna let you go and talk to you soon. So thanks for joining us. Bye. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye. As we say goodbye to Miss Beth Akomandu. Oh, what a lovely woman. What a lovely bracket bit. I had to and those movies that she picked were I, I had to replace some of the ones that were in Rosa's bracket because I knew she Yeah, it's it bit. seems like they have very differing uh tastes in film. Yeah, that's what makes you know. That's but I love I, that. That's what makes film so good. It's like you know, it's so subjective. That's what makes film so good, and that's what makes film discourse on Twitter stuff sometimes annoying because yeah. you know people are just like it's. It's not like I can even. It's like oh, you don't like that. Then you don't like this movie, or you have the wrong take about this movie, and you are you know you are I wrong. You. I hate you. I hate everything about you now. I do, you yeah. know. Yeah. So listen, I'm about the gray area. All right. So um, that's been our kind of uh, Oscar breakdown. I think um, there's a lot of interesting snubs. There's a, uh, okay. Can we talk one, one last thing here? Yeah, of course. Be Oscar related. And let me pull up that category and we'll get to it. Uh, is best. 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 And I <laughs> the Banshees. Did I skip it? Original score, set, costume design. And we'll we'll do our picks and we'll do our Oscar shows as normal, uh, hopefully before that. But I did want to talk about uh, Anna Armas getting nominated. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you, actually, what did you think about her being nominated for Blonde? Right, she was the only one that got a nomination from that film, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, well, yeah. and he, I mean, uh, I'm going to I'm going to defend my girl here. Um because I don't think you need to. I think oh, tell me. Actress in a leading role, uh Kate Blanchett, Tar, powerful performance. Um, Michelle Williams and the Fablemans, people were not really sure whether she was gonna get the nod for that. Yeah. Michelle Yeoh from Everything Everywhere All at Once. That's kind of the front runner, the favorite. She might be a lock. 
Um, Andrea Riseborough, I don't know who she is and I don't know what to Leslie is, but I think it would from around reading. There was a movie that kind of came on late and had some good reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Anna Diarmas and Blonde. Now, should Anna Diarmas be there ahead of Viola Davis or the actress from, uh, I forget her name, but I just watched that movie today, the Emmett Till movie um, mm-hmm. that was getting some love as well. And is the fact that the blonde was, it is considered an exploitation movie. Um, mm-hmm. about an actress who wanted to make sure that she wasn't exploited after death. The sexual assault, the, the, the movie itself became problematic or the, the, the talk about it became problematic. And does that negate the incredible job that she did blending into the, 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 the part of, of Marilyn Monroe? Mm-hmm. And for me, it does because I, I'm, and it's hard for me to, differentiate my love of the actress and her skill versus kind of like my crush on her, I guess. But, mm-hmm. but I think that as a fan and as a, as a director, I can see that she did an incredible job. Number one, she was Cuban. She's playing in Marilyn Monroe. Number two, it's difficult source material. And number three, even overcoming the director and the script, like over sexualizing you. Mm-hmm. And and still being able to pull that off, it is not an easy as an actress. I, I think I'm assuming that you would from, a, you know, f- as an actress, I mean, you can you can sort of commiserate with her. Right. Yeah, of course. I definitely sympathize. I think that's why when you said we, we initially brought her up, I'm like, no, I think she totally deserves it. And I, now do I believe that she deserves to take a spot from uh, from Viola Davis? I don't know. But I, apples to oranges, I think she did a great job. And I honestly think she was the, the only good thing about the film. I think the movie visually was very interesting. Just uh, it's, it's very hard to switch from black and white to color. But I think yeah. that a lot of the set shots of the old timey shots, like especially when she was like coming out in red carpets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Those are really hard to do. In a, in a, and I feel like the period piece of it, the the actors that they got to play like Joe DiMaggio and, and, and her other husband were okay. I mean, they did a good job too. I I think that, that, yeah, but she was absolutely the best part of it. Um, uh, Karina says she's more surprised. She accepted the role. Yeah. I have, I feel like she probably had a lot of trust that it would be tastefully done. Cause a lot of times when you get a, a, you know, a script that's uh, I guess that artsy, I want to say like, Oh, Mm -hmm. you you know, you don't know what it's going to look like in post. You don't know how it's going to come off in black and white. And I do agree that it's very picturesque. Um, But yeah, I feel like when, when someone comes to you with nudity, you, there has to be a lot of trust that they are going to do it tastefully and not, and not gratuitously. So I don't know. Part of me just feels like she was kind of duped into it. What do you think? Um, I think, uh, I don't know. I think that, I think that, any other era, any other time of film history, she could have taken that role, crushed it, and people would have just been universally happy with, you know, the fact that she did a good job. Yeah. Um, other than the fact that they might. But I think it's just the time that we're in now. People analyze it more, so they're just like, you know, it's uh, it's talking about somebody being exploited by exploiting somebody else, I guess, yeah. is the way they view it. And in order to walk that fine line, the movie's got to be better to avoid those criticisms. Now, Mm -hmm. do I think that she deserves a spot over Viola Davis? No. I don't know who Andrea Riseborough is, but I probably, 
Viola Davis probably has more of a say in trying to get her spot or Michelle Williams's spot in the Fablemans than Anna's. And I think Beth also mm-hmm. said that a lot of the votership is actors and, and that also, and I think actors, because even at the golden globes, when Colin Farrell got up and um, accepted for Banshees, Anna Diarmas was the one that presented him. And before he did a speech, he was, he was, he turned to Anna and he's like, you know, your performance was incredible. So I think actor to actor, more of them will recognize how tough it was to do that role. Yeah. And, and I think that maybe Viola got seen more as an action movie and maybe that probably was the same reason. Maybe Tom Cruise didn't get nominated, Mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, I think maybe it's, I think it's more the action movie bias there um, Mm -hmm. and feeling that uh, the more depressing fare, the more, is is kind of like a mark of a better actor but as we all know action and comedy are incredibly tough so yeah yeah i agree all right so that's been oscar talk what is everybody's lock for the oscars anybody else have any thoughts on the biggest snubs will you be watching it do you want to be part of our oscar pool (laughs) i am not playing this year i keep losing money every year cyro's the big winner he's like all right all right we're sitting Cyro's like, I'm ready. You're sitting. We're sitting. You always make it an hour in. That's oh. good. That's good. That's healthy as shit. Oh, God. All right. We're, we're sitting, so guys. Yeah, I got so short. Here we go. We're, we're drop, we got to drop it low. Drop it. There we go. Now we're there. Now we're there. Now we're there hanging. There we go. On a Tuesday live. So thank you guys for, for watching today. We're going to jump into some tabs and other stuff. But you can talk about anything else you want to talk about. Let us know how you feel about what's going on in the world. Mi gente show, Sofia and Lou, live on a Tuesday. Two Latinos and a microphone. Yes. Yes. Um, so s- since we skipped it earlier, mm-hmm. and before anybody leaves, you did have an announcement to make. I did, yeah. So are we doing personal news, I guess? So let's do personal news yeah. where, we talk, where we talk with Sofia about what's going on in her life. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of uh, exciting news. I filmed something a few years ago, year and a half ago ish, and it's going to be airing uh, on Valentine's Day. It is a reality show, a dating reality show called Coming Out for Love. Coming Out for Love. Yeah, you want to pull something up? Why don't you keep talking as I pull that? Well, up? I mean, what can I say? I filmed it like a year and a half ago ish. And then, yeah, things just started going, it kind of paused for a little bit and then there was a lull and things just kind of went fast and furious. And now we're getting word that um, they're editing it and trying to put it out uh, by Valentine's day. So yeah. Yeah. It's a, Oh, a little bit about it. It's a, a lesbian dating show. So it is LGBTQ representing and what they did, the reason why I can t- finally talk about it, because we have an NDA and we're not allowed to talk about this. Um, yeah, we, I can finally talk about it because on Saturday they announced the first four contestants. So I believe there's a total of 16. And yeah, I was one of the four. So they were like, hey, you can talk about it now. You can you can talk about this now. You're allowed yeah, to. I'm All allowed right. to now. Yes. All right, so we should let's play this clip here in a second. Mm-hmm. As we, because I don't pay for YouTube, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, and I believe the clip we're about to see is probably of them announcing or um, the first four contestants. Uh, it's a 20 minute stream, whatever. 
Okay, where should we go to? Well, we'll let it run for a little bit. And now I'd like you to meet four of our 16 amazing contestants. The party is just getting started. Ooh, contestant number one. Coming out, coming out. Ah, Sunny. I love Sunny. A little bit about me. I am 27 years young. Um, I don't go by really any like labels. It's, it's just me, you know. <laughs> Living in this world, I'm basically an alien, mm-hmm. one of a kind. Yeah, I'm from Memphis. You feel me? And uh, I'm a musician. I'm an artist. So that's Sunny. She is amazing. Um, <laughs> queen of mask right. and femme. Um, she can work both. So amazing. Basically, they go through our little profiles, our audition tape, which is terrible. Mine is super goofy. I believe it's our first one. That's Sunny. I believe I'm the second one. Yeah, right there. So around there. So why not? Uh, ah, ah, no. I hate this. I'm so goofy. I'm weird. Ah. No. No. Hi. No. My name is Sophia Carrillo. I am 26 years old and I'm from San Diego. I was 26. Apparently. Well, let me tell you. Um. <laughs> No, so this is how the story goes. I've been on Hinge, Bumble, Tinder, G-Spot. That's the one that I don't say. Hey! Um, yeah, I've done it all. Always representing, baby. Sorry. I'm looking for something actually, like, genuinely... Like the one. I'm actually looking for, you know, somebody to... Your life partner and stuff like that. Can find it? Stay tuned and find out. It just feels like... Everyone, all my peers around me are just getting married, having a baby. I love to party. I love to party. I love to party. No matter way. Que oso, que oso. I love to party. I love to party. I'm perfect because I'm queer as fuck. All right. Still true. Queer. I love drinking beer. I'm a poet. I'm a fucking poet, bro. The best person to be in a house full of lesbians just trying to date each other like that no. sounds like it would be a great why did i do this claudia why'd you let me do I... this <laughs> so can i count on one hand the number of partners oh you filmed this lou no, i need more hands <laughs> give me three ah, words lou! to describe a healthy relationship That's three it. words communication <laughs> um, You're empathy, in this race. <laughs> and Good sex. <laughs> as far as my coming out to my unmute yourself, damn it! I have not come out to them, so you I know, don't your want the heels, echo. Your heels, all of that. Like they have no idea. So um, this should be interesting, you know. Just all of a sudden coming out on TV—that'll be cool. <laughs> I first realized I was into women. They said to do a day in a life, so I was doing my, you know, I was walking through my whole. Was it like five or six years old? Um, 
It's, it's definitely, definitely one of my earliest memories. I just Thank remember you. always being crushes on girls and being attracted to boys and girls. And there's this never weird thing. This, this, thing. this was like a lucid dream. I don't remember any of this. Jesus. Maybe I should My family's response to me coming out was kind of, it was kind of a mixed bag. Um, it really depended. My siblings were super supportive. They were super loving Amazing, and, and my, my, my dad. Damn, was that awesome. dress is nice. Oh, you're in that evening wear. Oh, wow. right. We used to have together. I guess. Um, we were in the Mormon church for about a decade, and so facts. I used to be Mormon, by the way, guys. She still has a magic underwear to prove it. I do. <laughs> Oh my God! Um, look at my hair, Jesus, Sophia. So um, the answer is yes. I'm very, I'm very open to the prospect, and more so than open. I'm kind of. I hate all of this. You're half queer, half cringe. Full cringe. Full cringe. <laughs> Ethically You're by cringe rule. I can literally hear you snorting. It's like you were there. I would describe myself. Oh, my dogs. Sorry. If I had to choose one word, I would say adventurous. My definition of romance is. Oh. Um, Trigger warning. Rest, rest in peace, Cookie. <laughs> hey, she's gonna be on the show though. I don't know. It's, it's just stuff. I think just, just spoiling your partner, your partner with whatever, whatever their love languages are. are. Do, do a lot of that, and that's that's, that's romance. Facts. <laughs> question. We did it. We did it. Okay. okay. Last, Last question. question says, um, why, why did you submit to a lesbian show? Um. Because I'm stupid. Because I'm an idiot. For the Caesaring. For the Caesaring. (laughs) Jesus. Okay, contestant three. Let's move on from me and my cringe. Uh, Well, I don't really want. I mean, I I think I was. Let's at least least a little bit. bit. Which one is this one? Let's see. Hi. Hi. Hello. I love Chico. And then I'm lesbian. I'm submitting for coming out for love because prior to moving to LA, I feel like I had a very limited exposure to queer women, which absolutely affected my dating experience. Um, with that, I did the stereotype. All right, see, I don't know if you know these women personally because it's it's me. It's it's taking a lot for me to not to make fun of them. No, bro. Okay, I do. I do want to, in defense to all of us, they didn't okay. tell us that our audition tapes were going to be used for promotion so this is all this is all stuff that we you know you were there when i filmed it it was just like whatever video camera thing like it wasn't anything serious and now they're using it for promotion so it's kind of kind of cringe i think we're all like ah geez ah yeah most times they would they would redo that you know uh you know it's all it's it's an it's an it's an indie project right so indie project and it is being sped up in post because uh yeah it's trying to they're trying to get it out as quick as possible so what the final product will be we do not know however you could click on the video below and that's a little sizzle reel Um, got it so everybody uh 
go support Sophia. Yeah. Doing her thing. Yeah. Um, there are also um, talks of a reaction show. So, Cyro says, I get to finally see this treasure. <laughs> uh, I remember doing a tarot reading on whether or not you should. We it. did. Oh my God, we did. Yeah, we did a tarot reading before. I was like, should I do this? This sounds like a crazy idea. I don't feel, I don't know. And we did a tarot like? reading, and the tarot cards said, do it. So I was like, I'm going to do it, whatever. Lizzie loves it. Uh, Interesting comments. Love you, Sophia. I can't wait to watch you on the show. Thank you. Oh, thank you. He says, by cringe. Or they say, by By Kringle. By Kringle. Kringle. Yes. All right. So uh, the website is coming out for love.com. And I'm sure you can follow them and probably tell them that you're following because you can't wait to see Sophia on the show. Yeah. Shout me out, baby. And, uh, and then hopefully they'll they'll give you. I'm a- Jessica Clark, Clark, and I am. Oh my God, right. Jessica Clark! Jessica Clark is so hot in person. By the way, oh there I said it. I said it. The new LGBTQ show that dives deeper and like model, like she's tall and gorgeous. Partnering with creators in the Nicole Films, coming out from oh, the Valentine's Day and OML. R.I.P. Cookie. R.I.P. Cookie. Okay, there we go. Oh, there, there we go. Snap your fingers. We're going to use it for something. So you guys went to Maryland. Palm Springs. We did go to Palm Springs. Yes. How did you know? Oh. The Marilyn Monroe. Hmm. It seems like a, a, a it's like a there's a good mix of like more butch versus more femme, right? It is a pretty good mixture. Yeah, I think they did a good job at you know getting diversity in the crew community, in my opinion. I'm a sunny. I love these ladies so much. Hinge, Bumble. I guess what I really, really want to Tara! And I just had a relationship to Erica. Why are you why are you backing it up? I can't can't have a favorite? (laughs) I could change her. I can't watch this. I need help, I do. I forgot that's what, yeah. Some of our women are here to find love. She was the only other Latina, the only other Mexican. Love her, Paulette. Love you. In that hot tub, you know, at night. That lightning, that you know, that's all. Ooh, and just nice, Ghana. Nice <laughs> was it fun? Like, okay, cool. Did they include everything, like the trip food drinks? Um, it was a lot of fun, yeah. Uh, and they did include everything, uh, minus the commute there. So, just saying. But yeah, once we got there, we were basically enclosed in this big ass mansion. Um, food was included, drinks were definitely included. Yeah. What happened to the sound, Lou? Where are you at? 
I got real quiet. It's kind of random. My best friend's in the pool. What? Literally my best friend. Hey. I love you, best friend. <laughs> oh, and to be honest, y'all, you're making me look at my best friend in a different light. I mean, I already knew she was fine, fine, but like... My strategy is just to have fun. That was my strategy, too. Yeah, go. Where are you? Come on, where are you right here? Jeez. Where are you? I missed that. I was so sad I missed that. I know. It was a big ass mansion. I'm telling you, at all times we were like in different rooms. You there was there was booty clapping on the table and you were you 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 were unaware. I know. Okay. Don't rub it in. Fucking Lundy, bro. <laughs> uh. Yeah, you can tell. Where do you punch that chick that you said? Who? It was hot as fuck over there, by the way. I just want to say that much too. I'm also immune to it once in a while in case it gets uh, in case for some, you know, like sometimes if you play music or something. You know. Oh yeah, copyright. Yeah, get knocked down. They made us mute like thirty oh seconds of the show when we uh, when we were playing the clip from the Oscar from the Golden Globes. I had to made me mute it. That's it, you know, hey YouTube. Oh really? Yeah. Black people and people. Oh lovely. Oh lovely. Tell you how they feel, you listen. You don't tell them the way they feel. Is wrong. Oh, okay. Dun dun dun. Drama. Intrigue. Betrayal. Two minutes. But yeah, that's pretty much the show, man. Were you like in the room doing homework? Where were you? <laughs> no, on that one. On that, I'm not gonna lie, I was drinking the mo most of the time behind the cameras. I'm trying to find, I'm trying to. So right there, out. I remember that day because everyone was like slow mo shots or whatever, and I mean, um, I'm seeing. I missed it. I was where, like in the where, kitchen where, drinking. Where, where's your strip club footage? <laughs> You'll uh, see. Stay tuned and find out. Jesus, so impatient. Coming out for love on Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, Valentine's Day. So tune in, folks, if you want to see me in all my cringe glory. Uh yes, in all your in all your your cringiness at your yeah. most at your most cringe. My goodness. Yeah, I was uh I was uh not sober 90% of the time. So so there's a there was some shenanigans afoot. A lot of shenanigans. Yeah. We all got there. Well, we all got there at different times and I feel like the group got really um, close knit. Like we've all bonded. So it was really funny because there wasn't a lot of drama, like as much as the sizzle reel showed, in my opinion, there wasn't a lot of drama. Like it was more so about like, we all became friends. Like we, we all still talk to this day. 
It's kind of lesbians. Am I right? Am I right? Lifelong friends in two weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been two years and we still talk. I can't believe I was 26. I lied to them. They were like, how old were you in the time of shooting? I said 27. I, I, I forgot. Wow. So, so this happened like a while ago. Was, uh, yeah, if I was probably happened before August, uh, 2021, maybe. All right. So we got something for, uh, Lizzie and Cyro to, a reason for them to go to Iowa. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Sure. There's something in Iowa called the husband calling competition at the Iowa state fair. What? Husband calling. Yorolei, 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 John. <laughs> I mean, if we can get it to play. Yeah. If it freaking loads. Joe Climb, where you at? KK. Chloe. It's at the Iowa State Fair. Hold on, let me see if this is all way. Yeah, Claudia, that was already two years ago. a winner that one for sure oh my god can you hear me oh my god you get yourself in here right now come on <laughs> you know you're gonna be late again and you know <laughs> that i want to get there on time what roy 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 when i first <laughs> what in the heterosexual is this <laughs> jeez you know, I think that old lady, that one won first place. Hell yeah. Fucking Roy. Roy never got here. <laughs> Aren't you so sad that you're not married, Lou? God. You're so muted. You're so muted. Sorry. I just say, I, I don't, I, people tell me that sometimes when I'm muted, there's a lot of echo from when I play videos. Yeah. So, but hey, so Cyro, Liz, next year. Take you to mm-hmm. Iowa for the state fair. <laughs> Joe Clark! Joe Clark! Joe Clark! Right? Get to set immediately! Husband! Ricky! Ricky! I did a reality show. You guys need to do some kind of reality competition like that. Yell at your husbands. Yeah, it's, not, it's an interesting concept. I enjoy it. I love that. Have you seen uh, the uh, Mohawk contest? The Mohawk no, contest? No, sorry, not Mohawk. Uh, what is the party in the front? Oh, mullet. There's a yeah. mullet competition, and yeah. I watched a video, and it, it just made my day. It's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. If I, if, I, if, I let my, if I just let my hair loose and put the hat on, it looks like I have a mullet. I like it. Please do it. It's amazing. Oh, it's awesome, isn't it? I would do it right now. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, so let's just catch up. I just I just wanted to share that with you. So catching up just on some stuff that happened during the week. Um, following up on the uh, Alec Baldwin rush drama shooting. Um, this uh, SAG-AFTRA 
So this was the interesting mm-hmm. part about this. SAG AFTRA is defending Alec Baldwin. Interesting. So initially, as all as with all things, people take a side. So but I think it's like, I think. Because what happened, and, and and it's interesting that that and this this is an issue, right? As a political issue that that needs sides, in this people, the obviously the right would like to clown on Alec Baldwin because he's such a leftist, right? And he makes fun of Trump, et cetera, SNL. So they want to make fun of him. But from a from a theological standpoint, they're more pro guns. So I, you would think that they would more like you know defend him, you know. Mm-hmm. So. And we were sort of ambivalent about it because I thought as an actor, but also because he was a producer, he has he had a little culpability, even though I don't think he's going to get convicted. But it was interesting that SAG-AFTRA comes out with a statement and says that, you know, categorically they stand behind Alec Baldwin. It's not the actor's job. Uh, you know, basically they're blaming it on, they're taking the blame off Alec Baldwin, the actor, but they're sort of, blaming Alec Baldwin, the uh, producer. Yeah. It's a hard position to defend and to uh, say that you were just the actor. We talked about it last week because he was also the producer and he, you know, it's negligent on his part, but they're basically trying to paint it that he was just in his acting role and it was yeah. not his responsibility. The statement was the prosecutor's contention that an oh. actor has a duty to ensure the functional and mechanical operation of a firearm on a production set is wrong and uninformed. Mm-hmm. Um, and actor's job is not to be a firearms or weapons expert. So from that perspective, it's interesting. And I did find that there's a lot of actors or sort of Hollywood types that I follow that were also sort of defending Alec Baldwin from an actor standpoint. I think the, mm-hmm. the part that gets muddy is where he's, uh, is he an executive producer or is he a producer on the film just because that's a vanity title and that's just, you know, producer and name only. Um, or is he actually like a producer in charge of cutting the budget, cutting corners, stuff like that, and, mm-hmm. and kind of what that adds? So I think I think it's interesting, you know, since we know a lot of actors to sort of follow up on that. Yeah, and the trial the trial already happened, and he was guilty. No, the he just they just decided uh, last week that they mm-hmm. were going to the day that we streamed actually. Yeah, uh, they just decided last week that they were going to bring charges against him in voluntary manslaughter. Gotcha. Okay. But SAG is saying, you know, that's some bullshit. Mm. I mean, let's just let's let the justice system take its course, and I guess we'll see. You know. I couldn't find this tab when Beth was here. Um, are you familiar with what the Razzies are? Yeah, worst films. Didn't uh, didn't what's her face win both an Oscar and a Razzie in the same? Yeah, Halle Berry. That was good. Uh, or what's her face? Um, Sandra Bullock also. Oh uh, yeah, Sandra Bullock as well. Yeah, those are some. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, basically, and 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 you know whatever that happens. Mm-hmm. But this year, um, they nominated a twelve-year-old child, the actress Ryan Kira Armstrong from Firestarter. So it's kind of like a, uh, you know, it's a, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's one thing where it's like an adult actress, Halle Berry, a superstar, but a mm-hmm. 12 year old actress I mean, in her first role. 
Oh, that's not good. That's not yeah. a good look. Nominated for a Razzie. Come on. No, Razzies, that is not a good look. You do not. Don't do that to kids. Yeah, I mean. I don't like that. Sandra Bullock brought a case of DVDs all about Steve. Yeah, yeah. Um, Halle Berry. She was giving them out. It's great. Halle Berry was the first star to accept the award in person in 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess they got a little shine from that. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> I don't know. Not a, not a good look to sound like a 20, a 12-year-old, a Razzie. Nomination. Yeah, no, no, it's not doing the Razzies any favors. I feel like that's bad publicity. Time and a time and a place. Time and a place, Razzies. Come on, come time, on. Time and a place. You're better than this. Uh, out of all the the talk that you've heard from us and like me, Rosa, uh, Beth about movies, I'm curious if what which of the movies that we talked about that you haven't seen yet mm-hmm. um, are you more interested in watching? Well, after today's episode, I feel like I wasn't interested or I didn't even have Mad Dog in my Mad God, Mad God. God. Sorry, Mad God. (laughs) I I didn't even have Mad God in my in my periphery at all. But I want I really want to watch it. Um, I feel like let me look at the nominations. I definitely want to see for Rosa. The first one that comes to mind is uh, Top Gun. Because mm-hmm. for for anybody to watch a film twelve times, Absolutely. it's like it's like you you gotta you gotta see it. So I feel like Top Gun, Mad God, and possibly let me see. All right. Also, okay, women talking. Definitely, I'm gonna say those three. The one that doesn't that i'm not that interested in watching but i possibly i i probably should is elvis i don't know what did you think of elvis did Worth you like, watch or not nah? because i have did you like romeo and juliet his uh his version of romeo and juliet with uh that, yeah yeah i liked it yeah it's 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 it's, it's, it's overly stylized you know okay. just just overly it's just him that's just his style um and um and i do course, like that i don't know I, that i would like that in a documentary form of like a person who existed it's not a documentary well yeah but it's like based on an actual person who existed in this world so well did you watch the queen movie i did and what about uh i mean what about i recent? didn't super like, love I, it huh how about bohemian rhapsody I did see uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, I didn't super love it. I didn't hate it, but I didn't. I again, I get nitpicky as to like that's not what happened, or like that's not what they've said, or whatever. Like I just get yeah. I I think, in my opinion, at least, when it's based on real people, there's like less creative creative liberties that someone can take. So, I mean, I'll watch it. But... How about The Great Gatsby? not about a right person but it was a about a, a, a literary character hmm that's a good one you got me there um i don't know that i would care that much about literary characters because then again romeo and juliet was also a literary character well anyway basically it's an elvis mm-hmm. story it's it's an elvis story in, told in a very in, in a very stylized way and oh uh, didn't he didn't feel Romeo and Juliet or Greg Gatsby? Okay, I see what you mean though. I see what you mean. 
Karina says it was approved by Elvis's family. Yeah, and and, and Lisa Ooh. Marie uh, was there uh, like a week before she died, uh, seeing Austin yeah. Butler accept the uh, the Golden Globe, um, and the family approved of it. So that's something else to look yeah. for at that's the Oscars if, if he wins. You know, he could he could have that. That's true. He does have that. Oh man, that's so sad that she passed away. Yeah. What do you think of? Okay, <laughs> what do you think of Austin Butler um, just kind of like continuing to live? In the Elvis role, he did not used to talk like that. I swear. Really? Yeah, I he like he like Hilaria. It like he just he has this new voice now, a new persona, and I'm like, you were in the Disney Channel. You did not talk like that two years ago. Um, when I would um, when I would spend as somebody, maybe it's not the same as acting, but as somebody who moved around a lot in my childhood, <clears throat> and um. I would be around Colombian people for a long time and then Uruguayan people for a long time and then mm. a mix and stuff like that. And it's very easy for my Spanish to sound either more Colombian or Uruguayan or because I've been in Southern California so long, so Mexican. Um, so it's very, so I, I, I can totally see it. If you live in a, if you live in a character or if you're in, in that environment for a long enough time, you pick it up, you pick up different, uh, different, you know, mannerisms and different expressions and stuff like that, you know, and they yeah. sort of, and they sort of be, and, and it's not that it's not your natural, it's not, it's just, you evolve. Like I never used to say like, like half of the Mexican fucking shit that I say, you know, I can see that. Cause you do pick up, pick up a dialect and then yeah, yeah, yeah. In the character. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing. It's the same I thing. Guess if you're around the- it for a long I was gonna say, I guess where's the line? Uh, cause, cause, what's his face? The chess guy. I don't think he's, he's larping as Elvis. You don't think so? I don't think so. I just think okay. that that it's award season, <laughs> and he's in. He's he's got the character in mind, and he's just you know he's around Lisa Marie, he's, and he's just like let it go. Like, I'm so Elvis, just, yeah, baby. Oh, 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 yeah. Little, you know, shit, you yeah. know. Mm. I just, I just kind of feel like I, that's how I feel. You, so yeah. you feel, you feel the opposite. You think he's, uh, he's uh, a, little cringe. a little bit. Yeah, it's a little, a little larpy. Yeah, it's like it's giving me Hans, whatever that chess guy was, a little bit. All right. But, uh, George Santos confirmed the authenticity of his drag photo. He said he just yes! had fun at a festival. There's also yes. videos. Uh, yeah. He said something along the lines of, "I was just having fun. I was young and having fun." You guys. I was having I was having fun at a festival. Listen, good for you. You also vote against all gay people. You, you also were going by a different name. I don't know who this man is. No one knows what his actual real name is. Uh, this is it gets Anthony it gets, it gets, Santos. It gets deeper all the time. Yeah, he's a he's a grifter. He's crazy. I don't know what to say about that man. Yeah, um, I don't know. All right, so I wanted to to, to and, and we touched on this a little bit last week. Um, yeah, I did want to. <clears throat> I did want to make a point uh, that um, Democrats and Republicans uh, love to switch sides on an issue and then completely mm. just obliterate themselves on the previous point. Yeah. Um, Recently, uh, Supreme Court nominations, when they stalled Barack Obama's nomination, they were literally on different sides. 
We should wait for the new president to do the appointment. It's the business of the president and the office to move forward. Cut to Trump having the nomination before an election. And they just literally switch sides on an issue. They just and then just continue to argue like there was nothing. Now we have the classified documents, which when Trump had them, it's like. He declassified them in his head. Is yeah. what, in, in my mind, I the president can totally do that. Yeah. It's like when you tell your parents, I asked permission in my mind. <clears throat> uh, I was going to ask. I was going to get you something. Um, so I just it just it's just so funny to me that that they just. And then another thing is Tesla's. <laughs> you know, five years ago yeah. or since Tesla began, hippies and tech guys and people with money and mostly liberals are the ones that are buying teslas that is what literally sustained tesla now these very same people are anti-tesla and they want to boycott tesla (sighs) yeah and these are the same people and these are these are these are the virtue signalers but see yeah it's difficult it's difficult because i don't i don't respect it's hard to respect people whose viewpoints solely lie on narrative and following their narrative. Um, again, I'm a big policy person, so I really get angry when people, let's say, are racist or are pro-gun or are pro-whatever whatever your agenda is, and you flip-flop accordingly, right? Mm-hmm. So Trump having documents, bad. Biden having documents, bad. <laughs> It's not that difficult. You don't have you don't have to switch because he's on your team. Right. It seems very hypocritical and it's not that hard to be to stand for something and stay standing for that same thing you, even when someone you like does it. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I don't know. It's like all these people that are like, you know, pro Andrew Tate and now that like m- more and more evidence is coming out they're still standing him It's like, bro. Yeah. You got people people out there shaving their heads in solidarity. Mm -hmm. you know doing things um so uh fbi found records in mike pence's home they found Mm -hmm. more documents at biden's office uh some of it from when he was vp Mm -hmm. um and literally just crisscrossing facts like all of a sudden now it's like investigate biden blah blah oh the mike pence stuff eh, that's not really that big of a deal Mm -hmm. the trump stuff oh they were in melania's closet it's just a whole big clusterfuck and i just think it's one more example of why you should stay, um, you know, we just, you know, we're just recruiting for the, uh, for, for the, the gray Lu- area, for the, for, for the, the middle for, people, for the gray area, for the Lou and Sophia socialist party. Mi yes. Gente, the Mijente party. You don't have we, to like either. <laughs> we could just, we, we, we just, we, we're like the, the Buddha fish. We take the middle path and we just, uh, we're, we're, we're not centrist because centrists are usually more mm-hmm. right center. Mm-hmm. It's the left center. It's the left center. That's where we're at. You know, yeah. we're, a little, we're a little left center. Yeah. But if you just think about it and you stop fucking thinking about just virtue signaling and you just want to actually want to mm-hmm. do something about it, just it's nothing is one way or another, man. There's always the gray. Yeah. That's what I'm about. Uh, mostly. Agree. Mostly. Yeah. So that was my switching sides rant. All right. Let's get to a couple of lighter things yes. here. Um, Politics over. <laughs> 
Yeah, New York. Uh, this is sort of interesting. New York. Uh, there was a Drake concert in, in New York, and leaving the concert, there was uh, NYPD officers with just phone cameras, and they were just filming everybody that was leaving the arena. Huh. So the question is, would they do that after a Taylor Swift concert? You know. Yeah. Um, hmm. In the statement, the department said that the officer was part of the social media team for local precinct and was getting video for a social media post about local events, Uh-oh. which sounds very kind of sketchy. Yeah. What's the motive? I don't understand. Uh, it's kind of called like proactive policing where they, 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 they there's something in New York called the hip hop police. And they are basically a set of cops. And this was from back in the day that are in charge of knowing when rappers are in the city, uh, recording, stuff like that. They basically their whole beat is just following rappers because they think that there's, you know, they're involved with street gangs or what have you or stuff like that. Mm, So part of it is maybe them over policing and filming people outside of a concert. If something happens, you know, they have you know, facial recognition now where they can go back and look for people. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. sometimes shit happens after a concert. So if they get video of every person that left the Drake concert and something happens that night, then they can sort of reference it back is my thought. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just more like big brotherish stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Either way, kind of an interesting. It's just so weird. Cause like, how would you pick which concerts like to assume something negative could occur it, it, mm, 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 a little discriminatory i don't know now you get now you're getting it now you're cooking with oil but not stupid. with gas but not with gas <laughs> not uh, with gas no not with I'm, gas all right um kate hudson gets ripped over her leggings that expose bare butts <laughs> <laughs> these are leggings so number um, one would you work out in these leggings? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> oh man! No, you don't those think those. Great. You don't think those are like the perfect leggings because these are supposed to be. Um, I'm thinking butt sweat right now. I'm thinking to work out. Like, <laughs> no. A Kate Hudson created sportswear brand is being slammed over a bizarre pair of gym leggings that shows off people's bare bottoms and no. advertised as pairing perfectly with heels. No, I mean, listen, now, would I go back in time and wear them in the reality show? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's giving me Vegas nightclub. It's giving me... Uh, listen, they're going to pick the best model, if you know what I'm saying. Strip club. It's giving. We do not talk about women's bodies on here, Lou. He's like, he's like, hey, it's my misogynistic comment, okay? it's uh, We're almost two hours in. It's about time. This is, you know... I'll go back and clip all of these and put them together one day. Would you wear those? Would I wear you, what? You totally would. What do you? Uh, I mean, depending on the role, <laughs> is it like a two Wong Fu remake? <laughs> two Wong Fu. Uh, look, I don't know. I think I don't know. You're gonna you're gonna cause a riot if you wear those to the gym. Yeah, uh, it's I don't and just because not necessarily in any way. It's just what, like if it's you just, if like if somebody walked in and started working out in those, what would you what would you think? They're here for attention, right? Or it's like yeah. those can't possibly be comfortable workout. I feel like it's teetering the line for uh, indecent exposure, honestly. Yeah, 
hate to say it, but you know, just I'm just Believe. saying. It's a lot of yeah. It's a lot of exposed parts. Let's put it out there. We'll put it out there. And yeah. there. There's a time for it, and I, you know, I don't, I don't know that the gym is that, but you All know, right. again, nightclub, go for it. The uh, the company uh, offers us one thousand dollars an episode mm-hmm. to promote them and to have you wear them on stream. Oh, I'm I'm so in, but I'm taking the bigger cut if I'm the one wearing them. Just saying. You're taking like a solid 20%. Maybe. Unless I mean, I, you decide to wear them too in solidarity. Uh, if you if you wear them if 50, you wear 50, them 50-50, I say. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't ex- I would go 40-60 your way if we were going to do it. No, nah, you would wear it for 50-50. I would we would get there. Nah, we'd do some negotiating, but I'd get I I'd might, get there, I'm, Lou. I get 35, 35, I'll take 35. Uh yeah, Cyrus gonna write here we, oh, you're gonna write this short shit. You write it. Yes. And yes, you see, Lou, the my, people want to see you wearing it. I'll That's wear what they it. want. I'm, it's bookmarked. I have the link. We can give buy. them what they want. <laughs> Uh, okay, we already talked about the snubs. We already talked about the Latinos that were nominated for Oscar. Anna, Alfonso Cuaron, Ana de Armas, Argentina, 1985, um, which won at the um, Golden Globes. Uh, Guillermo del Toro and um, et cetera, et cetera. Not a great, not a great year for Latinos. Uh, if you guys want to watch uh, some more information about the Oscars, um, Ryan, our friend has video. You look for Ryan Castleman on YouTube. He's got a lot of great videos. He had a nominations live reaction show that I watched earlier today. I was watching a Latino slants live reaction with Rosa Parra. Uh, that was an awesome one too. Trump is preparing to ditch true social so he can return to Twitter. Basically Trump's uh, deal with true social um, means that he has to wait six to nine hours to put on other social media sites after he, says stuff on there that's exempt if it's like uh, get out the vote or political messaging um but he also has investments in true social so even though elon musk unbanned him um he still hasn't come back and facebook still hasn't banned Um, but if he's running for president i think he has to come back to twitter so it's he's he's like trying to do like the fine line about fine line of um still trying to sound like he's buying into true social, like he believes mm-hmm. in it, but also making his return to, to Twitter. Um, I think it's exciting because it's just, it just, it just, it's just such a shit show anytime he tweets, but also he's, you know, he's evil and manipulative and a horrible, horrible human being. And Objectively. He, he, he might, he might stir up some trouble and you know what I mean? Something could happen. The, the worst case scenario, the sum of all fears is something happens and trump just ignites fucking psychotic you know interesting yeah. are, you, are you excited about trump coming back to uh twitter no i mean i <laughs> i i i have no i have no dog in this fight uh, sorry honey i'll be right there mama um my dog is asking me to go do something no i don't have a, a an opinion really on this just because it doesn't super affect me i mean if anything it's good for all the media platforms because it gives them content um not super excited in particular, though. No. What about you? I mean, you, you excited to retweet? Quote, I've, never, tweet. I've never quote tweeted anything. Quote that, tweeted. Uh, 
that uh, that Trump did. But I do think it's I don't know. I think it'll be an interesting um, social experiment. You know me. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh, definitely. I think that's what I think that's what Elon buying Twitter has been. Really, it's the big ass social experiment. All right, Andrew Tate gets 30 extra days in jail. Uh, him Good. and his brother will remain in custody for another month. Um, Tate 36 and his brother were arrested alongside Romanian women in Bucharest for sex trafficking, mm-hmm. money laundering. Um, so now they will remain in custody till February 27th. There's a good Vice documentary about him um, where they actually they, they play all those clips and stuff of him sending the, the chick uh, in, in Britain, like voice messages talking about how, you know, he assaulted her and stuff like yeah. that. And then UK police was like, no, nothing happened. Nothing to see. Um, so it's really interesting. Oh, and then, of course, he's always said that he's bald by choice. Nah, that's a lie, bro. Just just own it. Survey says. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, he, um, and, um, and I think his wait, brother also had the hair plug thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it looks a Not little. Not that it matters. It looks a little. Th- I mean, you can see he still has a hairline, but it's 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 way, it's way back there, and 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 his uh, he you can tell he used to shave it all, and now it's just yeah, it's a rough top G, top G, top G, bold, top, bold G. Top, top G is getting mm-hmm. a little thin up top, right? So that's uh, checking up on that trash, uh, trash. Uh, let's see. Um. The TikTok grinds that guys are trying to reinvent time. My day is 6 a.m. I'm not crazy. You're crazy if you think it takes 24 hours, just like some dude in a cave did 300 years ago. My second day starts at noon and goes till 6 p.m. That's day two. What I've done now is I have changed and manipulated time. I now get 21 days a week. Stack that up over a month, I'm going to kick your butt. Stack it up over a year, you're toast. Stack it up over five years, my entire life is different than it would have been otherwise. And if you do this for about 90 of your traditional days that you think are, you will come back to me and go, that profoundly impacted my life. What? <laughs> See, Sophia, what you got to do is what you got to do is you got to get two days out of your day. What? Oh, oh, oh okay. The his math first, ain't mathing for me. His, his, fir- his first day is from six to 12. So that he's at six hours. That's a day. That's a day. And he's, he's got another day mm-hmm. from 12 to six. That's two mm-hmm. days. So yep. he works twice. So two work days. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. He's no, mani- I, I got it. Just, he's just... manipulating time and space. It's just he thinks he's so smart. It's it's so smug. Like we get it. You don't have a job. You're like waking up early. I like this doing quote. what the sun. What? <laughs> like what you're saying is just work out twice for very long periods of time. Like okay, you know, or wor- no, not, but not doing work out. This is, time. this is more like about working your ass off. This is like the Sigma grind set. The work hard, mm-hmm. like. Basically, that the way to beat capitalism is to buy all the way in. Is to just mm-hmm. just fuck everything else and just work twelve hours, fifteen hours a day, and then just hustle, 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 hustle. Whereas us, I think the more enlightened folks are like, why not? You know, why not change it a little bit? Um, yeah. To um, I do want to. Okay, actually, I want to find a video that that was about that in a second. But but yeah, so how, you're not on this. Uh, Sigma grind said, are you? <laughs> I would, I mean, listen, listen, I would argue, I would argue that um, most people in society do some form of this because we do live in a capitalistic society. So, yeah, a lot of people that work your nine to five, do an eight hour day, get home, 
And then if you're going to school or doing some other, you know, activity to build your hustle, your side gig, whatever it is, most people have two jobs. So sad to say, but most people aren't living this reality. They're just not smug douchebags about like, yeah, hustle. You got to go get yours. Sigma grind set, hustle culture, grr. Mimi, big boy. Mimi, big boy. Girl, I work. <laughs> like, yeah, bro. Sorry, most of us have two jobs. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, no, but but I think it's like uh... it's the it's the Kim Kardashian hustle culture of like get your ass up and work. The reason I'm so rich is because I work harder than you. You need to work. (laughs) I'm sorry, bro. But yeah, yeah, sure. Do that. Do that, buddy. Do that, buddy. I manipulated time and I beat I mean, the matrix because I'm working twice in a day, bro. Because I, yeah, because I got, because I have two work days. No, motherfucker, I, you're just, you're just working 12 hours a day. Yeah. And you divided it in two pieces and now you're counting those half days as full days. Uh, I'm trying to Good find for the, you. I'm trying to find the original video of this. Um, but it's a girl, and and so here's the here's the part. Hour work she she did this video where she was basically like, like oh, forty hour. So I'm supposed to get a butt crack early, blah blah, and go out to same job, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. This is a reaction to that video, but all of my blue collar brothers right now are cycling the lap that would just drain the soul out of that kid. Like, <laughs> 40 hours. How many of you heard in your head? 40 hours? I remember my first part-time job. Like, <laughs> you want my schedule, kid? You want my schedule? Like, I will work 40 to 50 hours doing land development. You know, roads, water, power, concrete, intake, pick, whatever happens. Then I work 16 to 20 hours as a bouncer. And then when I'm done with that... I go spend 10 to 15 hours de-icing 22 acres of parking lot for my buddy who bought the Silver Lake Mall. Like, 40 hours is a hobby. That's not even a job. That's a hobby. Get it that's together, what, kid. That's what I'm saying. Is like, how offensive is it to, to have that mindset when there's people in this economy who have two to three jobs to just pay, still be paycheck to paycheck? Like, mm. All right, so my my opinion is mm-hmm. that we're mad at the wrong people. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. We're 100%. mad at we're mad at each other, and that's that's the interesting part for me is that she's she's basically saying, you, "Do you realize how stupid it is to work a f- how how forty hour day?" And she's not wrong. Mm-mm. But we're mad at her because not because of any deep thinking that 40 hours is the right amount of hours of work. We're mad at her because she's not living in the real world. So we're mad at her, not because of what she's saying, but because that's the way it's always been. Mm-hmm. Because we had to work that hard or have to work that hard. Mm-hmm. She's sitting there questioning, uh, dude, why are we working 40 hours a week? What the fuck is up with that? Right. And and the people responding are like, this bitch don't understand the fucking way the world works. You poor summer child. You poor summer child, right? That's that's kind of like yeah. the 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 and I and I and like I said, why are we mad at her? We're mad at each other. We should be mad at the system that we're in that forces us to work 80 hours a week. 
to yeah. be able to, to get ahead, you know? Yeah, no, I think you're right. Cause I think, uh, the reason why a lot of people have to have two to three jobs to maintain their bills is because we are in late stage capitalism, which is not where we want to be economically. Um, and I think that she has a point to question the 40 hour work week in a sense of we should probably minimize it. Um, I know that there's a lot of research, current research being done in Europe and actually currently in some states uh, where they're trying the four day work week, which I believe would be like 32 hour uh, work week or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they're actually finding out that workers are a lot more efficient at their job um, and productivity goes up for companies if they they get that one extra day off, you know? The only issue and the reason why you're right about us being mad at each other is because we can't even, when you're starving, you can't stop and ask these questions because you're so stressed to just pay the bills and just to get by. Um, which is where they have us right now. And it's not a good place to be when it comes to constructive uh, conversation and, you know, finding out what's the healthiest for us. It kind of goes with the uh, Maslow hierarchy of needs of like, it's basically this like uh, pyramid thing that says like all the basic needs that a human being needs. And to get to self-actualization, which is at the top, you need to have your base, food, water, um, sex, air, like all the your typical stuff. And then the more you go up, then you can focus on, you know, stuff like doing therapy and becoming self-actualized. And I think right now you're completely right that we are in a state of we're all just mad at each other because we're all working our ass off to try to just survive in this late state capitalism, you know, freaking country. And it's a terrible place to be. And it's hard because the people at the top are just making um like immense amount of monies for this guy to work 80 hours a week mm-hmm. while he's still stagnant making the same wage that his parent would have made in the 80s in the 70s you know wages have stagnated while the top just keep getting richer so we are mad at the wrong people sadly yeah yeah so so i so yeah another thing it's like yeah, we're in us so in essence we can also we can also take our foot off the necks of the Sigma grindset guy. I don't know about that. Listen, listen, I, I'm taking <laughs> yeah, my foot off going, of the You're not going far. I'm not going back. No, no, no. Right. no, no, no. Because then there's the people that just feed into <laughs> it, right? There's the there's this there's this girl and this guy who went at each other's throats. I yeah, punto y aparte. Then you okay. have the Kim right, Kardashians right, 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 and you just, have the Giga Chads. All right, They're you, different. They're feeding into it. Was, They're saying uh, just work harder. Shut up. I was just I was just trying to test it right there. See how you felt. All right. Yeah, this, yeah. Thank you. Interesting. That's how you Interesting. Feel. Scientific <laughs> experiment. All right. And then uh okay, let's do a couple more palate cleanse or one more one more video I wanted to watch and then the palate cleanser and then we'll get to an anonymous way. Yeah. Claudia says cost of living is just yikes. And I agree. Yeah, 40 hours. <laughs> Right. You go to the gym and this starts happening. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna let also out. Okay. Sin will drag you to hell. Okay. Turn to God. Turn to God today. Turn to God today. You laugh. You mock. But God said in the last days, many will laugh and mock. They don't want to hear the word of God. All I'm doing is spreading the truth, the word of God. 
<laughs> like I, 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 I hear, I hear you, bud. It's just, <laughs> why are you, why, why in the gym? <laughs> I like, I hear him. I get it. But why are you proselytizing in a gym? I, I, I don't understand. <laughs> it just seems so odd. <laughs> Uh, it's this is the remember you know who this guy was. This is the guy that was talking about uh, the he 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 had to stop watching porn because it got him into gay porn and he started doing gay oh. stuff. Oh, oh, that's why I'm sure. Yeah. So is, it's giving me BYU Idaho. It's yeah, just- I don't know these. I understand. I just don't. I don't know, man. Any religion that just says, "Hey, you should get up and just." Just you should just always oh any religion who's like always be closing like <laughs> our number one thing is we gotta be preaching getting more people all the time that the seems gym. a little sus like I understand that you might it does feel like an act of faith or a belief to to get out in the middle of a bunch of people and you know. Yeah. Like if I just got up at the gym and I was like, hey, I think everybody should be allowed a side check. And I think we need to normalize that. <laughs> I think we should all have free Medicare for all. You guys. Yeah. We need Medicare. We need uh, you know, we need Who's this. With me? <laughs> Who's with me? Uh we need we we need a uh a, a standard living wage here. We need bonus checks every month we need all this shit you know we should get universal basic income what do we say guys yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely i uh but it's is, crazy though because like is it a religious gym i don't no, know it's not he's just proselytizing in the gym yeah. i um it's it's crazy though because like as someone who has been in that like really really like religious like mindset you think about it and like tell a little kid like bro there's this there's this place called hell and anyone that does any of these things that don't check this box they're going there and if you really love someone sorry they're gonna burn in hell like they're gay they're burning in hell they're going the wrong way and then that person gets really scared and they feel like i need to save them because they're going down the wrong path man yeah and then you get people like that who's like i just want to save these people i just it's a it's a very intense mindset to be in yeah yeah keep that shit to yourself yeah yeah <laughs> respect other people and yeah. uh if i yeah. have questions if i have if i have questions i'll ask you but other than that keep that shit to yourself look they still knock at my door like the what are those called the 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 ones that don't celebrate anything yeah but not the not more than ones so. Christmas? jehovah no um jehovah's yeah jehovah's witness yeah they come like every sunday and i'm just like bro no no I'm going to hell. Thank you. Thank you. But no, I don't have a moment. All right. Uh, one more palette cleanser. People make it more intense than it needs to be. Yes, Sarah. All right. This is uh, Japanese uh, synchronized walking. Whoa. 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 <gasps> no. Wow. No, they're going backwards. Stop. That's not real. What? 
Oh no, they're dancing now. Oh, they're running. I want them all to fall so badly. <laughs> you want to was... see what would be the what would be the worst one of those teams look like? <laughs> I know. I would be the one just fucking everything up. It's like a domino effect. It's just trip. Dominoes, boom. <laughs> oh man, talk about in sync. Am I right? <laughs> but um. There you go. There nice, you go. That's the nice. cringe factor we're looking for. That's what you know. You, that's why I'm you're on. Bike Kringle. <laughs> bike Kringle. All right. Uh, all right. That was that was my last uh, thing. Um, I push some stuff to next week. Uh, George Santos, the Trump stuff. We'll see what's happening. Um, we're gonna go back. We're gonna get back to Thursday so, streams. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so no Thursday, no Thursday stream this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then next Thursday yes. we'll be back on schedule. Yes, sir. And then in February we may stream a little bit earlier to get more people to join us. Yeah, I mean, actually, we should probably talk about that once we're done from the live. But next Thursday, yeah, yeah we'll figure it out do earlier. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So we'll give you guys updated on the schedule. Thank you, everybody that's listening. We just got one last thing that we do. I think we have like a couple of questions here. So let's do some no numbers. <gasps> yes. Now it's time for no numbers way. No numbers way. No numbers. All right. No numbers way. Let's do it. Anonymous advice from unqualified podcasters. Very unqualified. All right. Our questions today come from, and let's, let me put it over here so I can look at you when I'm reading. All right. Here we go. Are you with me? Here we go. Yes. Okay. As an essential worker, I had to keep going to work during the pandemic while my mm-hmm. wife of 10 years, who was able to work remote and was immunocompromised, went to stay with her parents to take care of them. We try to be safe when we saw each other, but after a few scares early on, those got fewer for a while until we were both vaccinated and felt comfortable seeing each other. However, she stayed at her parents mostly for the first year and still spent a lot of time there even now. Six months into this, my coworker and I started to hang out and after work and eventually it became sexual, eventually becoming relationshipy. And we have been acting as a couple with her embracing her work wife side chick nickname and even joking that she was next in line if something happened to my wife. What the fuck? Now, I still love my wife and still have sex with her and go out, but I have come to love my side chick. Is it is it only a matter of time before we get caught? And should I end it? Or is there a way to have it both ways? Signed, tough spot. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Oh buddy. Oh. Oh friend. Oh. Oh. Okay. You want to take this one? <sighs> I got to stretch out for this one. All right. All right. Get ready, Lou. Um <laughs> I just I I'm I'm baffled by the question. Um again. More, it sounds like bragging. Yeah, yeah, right. It felt like it felt like ugh, I don't know. I got two chicks. What should I do, man? What should I do? Should I keep you... them both? <laughs> First of all, no. <laughs> Short answer, no. Um, you need to choose. You can't have it both ways. You can't bring up polyamorousness. Ultimately, you're you're stuck in a lie. You're cheating. You're having an affair on your wife who you claim you love. No, exactly. Exactly. It listen, consent is big. Consent is a thing. Respect, communication, people, 
do you can it. Ask, you can ask permission or you can ask forgiveness. Um, at this point, he can't even ask permission because he already is doing the thing. Um, right. Let me see. Let me see if there's any saving this man. Um, All right. So here, well, while you think about it, here's my thoughts. Okay. I don't think there's any saving him. Okay. Yeah, you go. Just go. Just go. It's very hard to do. It's almost impossible to do the girl you cheated on your significant other with to main girlfriend. In theory, you're like, hey, I cheated on my girlfriend or wife with this person. If it doesn't work out with my girlfriend wife, I can just be with this other person. Because sometimes that other person likes you because of the fact that you're in a relationship, maybe. And then when it's like you can have them all to yourself, it's like, eh, it's not really exciting. It's like, I didn't really want, you know, I was okay with you having a wife. Like, I didn't want to have to be with you all the time, you know. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people have made that mistake. And, uh, you know, turning the side chick into the main chick is a, is, is, is a is high degree of difficulty there. Um, I think Kevin Hart tried to do it as well. Uh, and then he got caught with a sex tape and then he started dating the girl or married the chick that he was in the sex tape with or something like that. Devil's advocate. If they, yeah. if it's for love, you could do it. Devil's advocate. If you really like, if he feels in his heart that he loves them both. No, the girl, the side chick as well. I'm just saying that sometimes, you know. Oh, okay. So you think if you really but love them, you think if that she, if she really she loves him and he loves her, I think they can make it work. However, I don't think, this, I think this is more the first situation, the one that you spoke of. I think she's doing it uh, because it gets her off. Yeah. Yeah. I don't and know. If, I, don't, I don't think, yeah, she has a wife. If she's joking around and saying, Oh, I'm next in line or, you know, I'm the, I'm the office wife, you know, slash side chick. It sounds like it excites her. The And, yeah, and the minute it. that you take the wife away, yeah. she's going to be like, Nope. She got that pandemic dick. And then she was like, okay. It's forbidden. It's forbidden. You know, we're we're essential workers. We get to be out there and we get to fuck. (laughs) Something like that. I don't know. Um, Continue. Karina makes a good point. You guys, you can't have it both ways. And if, and and you're breaking your, your marital vows. Um, Yeah, no, my, my, I would, I would, what I would do is I would get some pamphlets about like swinging and like polyamorous stuff. And then like suggest like a vacation to like Orlando, Florida, where all the, just a a swing heavy state, you know, and then just kind of see if the missus is kind of like, if she brings it up and you're like, you know what, what if uh, we brought a sister wife, you know, another one on board. What do you, what would you think? Because honestly, it's, it's, there's no more rules anymore. There's yeah. no more rules about there. There's, there's, you know, you can be who you want any day of the week and you can fuck who you want. And, and, and you can find other people like the guy from the, the trading, the crypto thing. He, they were yeah. living like in a big polyamorous circle. Right. I think that's what you call it. Yeah. So who knows what's happening these days, you know? So, <laughs> so float it out there. But mm-hmm. honestly, if you're, if you're liking thinking real world, yeah, I think that, don't get too overconfident that the side chick is is really going to be there if you fuck up with you. Yeah, it's going to be like, I left my wife. Ugh. You know, like something like that. One of those things. So if you yeah. still love your wife, if you still love having sex with your wife and you still love being with her, then you should probably just gently <laughs> just kind of just be like, hey, you know, um, I think this was cool while it lasted. But, hey, uh, I think we need to get out while we're still ahead. Quit while you're ahead. Yeah. 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 The, real talk. There is my healthy side, which would just go full psychology and talk to you about boundaries, communication, consent, all of that. But um, I'm going to be your homie right now. Okay. I'm going to be your, I'm going to put my homie cap on. 
um, and say, I don't think your side chick will stick with you if you leave your wife for her. So don't count on that. If you tell your wife and she's not open to an open relationship, you have just admitted to having an affair uh, which will very likely hurt her and could end your, your marriage or all of that. Um, and if you do nothing, you will eventually get caught. Um, that's just how these things go, which is going to just blow up in your face. So you really have to figure out what kind of guy, what kind of person you are. If you are a humble, caring person, the, the, the right thing to do, in my opinion, is to tell their, is to tell your wife that you have been, you know, of your Ooh. actions that you've been, so that I've been cheating and all that. And then just take the consequences. Um, if you love your side chick, shoot your shot and dump your wife. Wow. Um, but if you want to keep this going both ways, the only way you can do is just continue being an asshole of a person and write it out until you get caught. Okay. <clears throat> Those yes. are your three options. You just got to figure out what person you are. And act accordingly. Because currently, you're a shit person. I'm sorry, but you are. You're being a shit person. You're being a bad human at the moment. Do you want to continue doing that? You Because you can. Because you can. <laughs> you could. <laughs> but you are doing bad boo-boo shit person actions. Just next, letting you know. Letting you next, know, friend. Next time you have movie night with your wife, suggest uh, yeah. Forrest Gump. Let's see how yeah. she reacts. If you think that the pamphlet of the polyamory would help, uh, then try it. But, you know, it, it already sounds like you're a liar. It already sounds like your wife probably wouldn't be down with it or else you wouldn't be lying. It yeah, you sound, sound like, like she's like liar. Off. Yeah, it sounds like it. you're showing off. It sounds like you're getting off on it. And then your side hoe is also getting off on it. So if you want to just keep it going until you get caught, go for yeah. it. But, you go know. Yeah, listen. Listen, <sighs> now is the time. If you, if you want to get out, like every criminal's dream is to do the one last job and get out. Then you yeah. have to, then you have to get out now. If you right. continuing it to write it out for, for shits and giggles will end uh, with her Bad. finding out. Yeah. And, and uh, there's no real way to break it to her. So you can either bite the bullet now, bite the bullet later or, you know, Hey, good luck to you. Best of luck. Don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. But also, no, I hope you get caught. Let's be honest. Yeah, subscribe and uh, keep supporting us. Thanks, yeah. thanks, bud. Make sure you go to your phone and Spotify and give us a rating. You know, let, yeah, let us know how this works out. Kindly. <laughs> that, that way, if you get uh, caught, we'll still get the. All right, never mind. Yeah. All right. Uh, next question uh, is: <clears throat> uh, You have to at least give Andrew Tate a little credit, right, Lou? Some of the stuff he says is one hundred percent true, but we're not allowed to say it. Uh, face it top g is getting framed is the name of that now that's very interesting that we were talking about that we were that. talking about that yeah, yeah, yeah. um no i don't know <laughs> short answer I, is no you gave us no other thing to review or to agree with you gave us nothing else like what is he saying that is productive jordan peterson also says very productive shit he also says very transphobic shitty stuff and it's all kind of in a like it's it's all normal shit like do your laundry and work out and you know so yeah. productive shit he says is normal day-to-day -day shit that anyone would tell you yeah there's 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 a bunch of truisms that that they spew which yeah and like i said do i wish there was more advocates for young men um 
so that they're not super affected by, like I said, I was affected when I was growing up as a young kid by machismo, by misogyny, and by the things that I used to listen to when I was young in, that, in those formative age, like I've said many times before, Howard Stern and things like that, which drove my perception of women and which fueled my misogyny when I was a much younger person, having to then in my late 20s re-examine myself and ask myself, why the fuck do I feel this way about women's capabilities? And then finally actively working on fixing that as I grow older, um, but still remaining, I still retain some of that, you know, lose misogynistic thought of the day, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> but I, but so I do think that there is a place to have that conversation when you brought this up, Sophia, a couple of weeks ago, that there needs to be more outlets, more direction, more people that give, that give that basic instructions to young men and help them deal with that. The problem is that the, the, the voices that they're hearing are these red pill, you know, right leaning, Rapists, rapists, sex traffickers, sex traffickers that are moving to Romania and 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 their and and other young kids, influencers like um in Ross and other streamers and other people like that that are getting to these 10, 12 year olds, 13 year old boys are the voices that they hear. So mm-hmm. that being said, I'm gonna create a top G. What would you call it? Big Chief Burrito Male University. Yeah, Male University. <laughs> male yeah. U is coming to you where we're going to yeah. talk about real shit that guys need to learn so that they're not complete dipshits and they yeah. figure out how you can still be manly while not being a complete douchebag. Yes, exactly. So, so yes, I think that there's some stuff that they say that's just truisms, like Sophia said, that are stuff that anybody can figure out. But in, in another word, yes. There needs to be more of that for young men to find resources for so that they can get they don't have to listen to motherfuckers that end up saying the one or two through things. That's how all grifters work. They start off with a truth and then they build off of it and then they ultimately try to sell you some shit. Exactly. Any grifter, any pyramid scheme, any extremist cult, it starts with a grain of truth that really gets to you. And then after that, slowly reel you into the misogyny, to the rapist, to the all of the stuff. Now you're sex trafficking. What? Oh, my God. How did I get here? And um, you think I it's saw, normal. I saw a joke from a comedian um, this week. I think it was on Reels or something where he was like, it's funny how they change snake to essential and the oil sales really picked up because it's <laughs> <laughs> they changed this this the snake and snake oil to essential oils. That's and really good. That's people, good. And all of a sudden it was like shoo, skyrocketing. You know? <laughs> that's great. I hadn't heard yeah, that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of <laughs> how I feel about that. Yeah, you just rebrand. You just gotta rebrand once in a while, you know. You gotta you gotta re you gotta rebrand. Um yeah. all right, we have one more question here before we let you guys go. Mm-hmm. Uh this one comes to us to us from Sassy Mammy. Mm-hmm. Sassy Mommy. Sorry. We love Sassy Mommies over here. Mm-hmm. Sassy Mommy says, started dating an acquaintance recently, went on a few dates, we hit it off, he kissed me first, then he disappeared for a week. So mm-hmm. I politely, I politely confronted him about it. Uh, he said he is stressed, busy and in survival mode, which I can understand, but he just seems to not let me off to not let me off the hook. Regardless, he's still flirting, but not making an effort to see me or really talk to me mm-hmm. and get to know me more, cut it off completely or just live my life and leave the door open. Mm. 
Um, listen, listen, sis. He's not that into you. He is not giving you the respect that you deserve. Okay. Um, it depends on how much you like him. If you are very emotionally attached, um, then yeah, you got to just cut it off, cut it loose. He does not like you. He yeah. likes your attention once in a while. You're not his top girl. He's likely talking to other girls. I'm just letting you know. That's just how the, the dating pool is nowadays. Um, you're likely on his roster, probably number two, number three, number five. Who knows? So um, if you have feelings for him, <laughs> if you listen, we all keep a roster. I'm just saying, okay. Um, you got to know where you're at and you got to know where your feelings are at. So if you're number three to four in his roster, you got to not have feelings for him to leave the door open. If he's just a nice little side piece and you can keep dating other people and take that you can take more seriously, then keep doing that. Yeah. Why not? Um, I think, I think that's something that in, in the dating apps, we all kind of subconsciously do, right? You know, you match with like four or five people, talk to all of them and then see which one you click with the most. Um, so I would just say, if you have feelings for him, cut it off because he does not have feelings for you. If you do not have feelings for him and just want a booty piece, you know, a little, a little, a little side hoe action, then yeah, why not keep the door open? Just don't give him too much attention. Just give him the attention that he's giving you. Reciprocate their actions. Okay. Match, match their energy. Match their energy. Yes. Don't give him more. He doesn't deserve it. Uh, <clears throat> okay. What do you think? <laughs> All right. I'm just analyzing. Uh, the thing that gets me is I politely confronted him. When the name is Sassy Mummy. <laughs> politely, yes. she was like, I just think it's funny that. <laughs> Sassy Mummy was like, what the hell? You kiss me. And then you disappear for a week. A week's not that long. I don't know. Is it? Uh, uh, I think it is if you if you care about the person. Um, yeah, yeah. Sadly, I think it's not that long. Mm. If you tell me like you're going through some crazy shit, that's why I couldn't get a hold of you for for a week. But right. in my speaking for my whole self, right? I've dated a lot of people. I'm no longer dating, by the way. Thank you. But I was on dating apps for a long time. So I was dating a lot of people at a time, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, the people that I truly was putting first and really liked, I, would, I, I, I wouldn't I would ghost for a week. No. You wouldn't make the time for them. It, and it's not necessarily that I would make the time to hang out or something. Sometimes I really was busy, but I would communicate that I was busy. I would mm -hmm. let them know, um, at least to reassure them that like, hey, it's not you. It's, it's really me. I'm in grad school. I'm working. I'm really busy and stressed, but like, you know, I'm here. So for them to ghost you for a week, it's giving me they didn't like you that much after that date. Because that's what I do when I don't like someone after the first date is I I, deta I, I detach. Is yeah, I'm like, oh, the date didn't go well. I'm going to detach. I'm going to go. <laughs> <through the week." laughs> uh, maybe you're not a good kisser. Ooh. Hey, hey, Lou. Lou. Uh, look, the part <laughs> that I'm interested in is what is the politely come? Because if you politely confronted him, then maybe the way you did it was a little bit of a turnoff. Uh, especially if you said he was stressed and in survival mode, uh, like you mm -hmm. said, if there was something going on. But I do think, like Sophia said, that in this day and age, you almost have to go out of your way to ignore somebody for a full week because it's so easy to get in touch with people. And yeah. I mean, how many poops did you take within that week? You didn't sit down at your phone while you were taking a shit, look at your messages, see uh, who do I have to get back to? You know, that's like the classic getting back to answering messages situation. Mm hmm. Yeah, and so, like, you couldn't even like look at your messages while while you were pooping. 
You, you couldn't even think about me while you were taking a fat dookie. Yeah. You know what I mean? No. So, so I do understand that. Um, he's still flirting, but not making an effort to see me or really talk to me and get to know me more. Cut it off completely or just live life and leave the door open. Yeah. I think you just sort of, you get, you, you match their energy. If they don't get back to you, don't get back to them. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, listen, this is kind of how I approach uh, guests mm-hmm. on the show. You know, I, I find somebody that I think would be interesting. Um, and I hit them up and I say, Hey, listen, I, I, I let them know why I think they're an interesting person. Hey, I saw your tweet about this, or I saw your movie about this. We have a show called me hint the show. We like to spotlight one Latino creative each week. You know, we'd love to invite you to come on sometime. And then I just kind of see what their energy is. And sometimes people are like, yeah, right away. Let's do it tomorrow. Let's do it this week. And I tell them about that. And sometimes people are like, yeah, sure. Let me get back to you. Mm-hmm. And then they don't. And then I'll usually hit them up one more time and I'll be like, hey, I'm just checking in. We're scheduling for the next month. I know you're busy. But I do. I did want to reach out again and say I'm still interested in having you on our show. This is when we record. Are any of the next Tuesdays or Thursdays available for you? And then if once again they say, yes, let me get back to you. I don't ask a third time. You know? Yeah. Because at that point, you've answered the question for me. and. Sometimes after the second time, a month will go by and somebody will be like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I was finishing up this movie. I was finishing up a shoot. I just changed jobs. I just moved. I missed your message. And then guess what? We get them on the show. But 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 that's kind of like the equivalent of of dating for me for like booking podcast guests. Oh, my <laughs> Cause, God. Because it's because it's literally like it has to be a match. It has to be, I, you know, here's who we are. I send them an example of the show. I let them know so they get an idea. This is kind of how it would be. This is kind of how we are. Just get an idea. With it. And a lot of people are like, yeah, I'd love to. And then it's sometimes it's hard to schedule people. And then we'll have back and forth conversations and stuff like that. But if they just ghost you or if the first after the first or two communications, you're not that in. They're not into you. Like you said, they're not that into you. Hmm. So, you know, if you're into them, but then just cut them off or else you're going to end up hurting yourself. Yeah. 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 Just let, let it like, like, like Elsa, let it go. Let it, let it go. <laughs> yeah it happens to all of us so don't worry about it don't you know don't pay too much mind there's plenty of fish in the sea another dating app you were on fish in the sea <laughs> oh plenty of plenty of fish that's plenty the, of that's no the, that's god the, that's, no that's god the bro- no. that's the broke ass uh that's the ratchet like uh, that yeah. no no it's no, so bad no no plenty of fish stories for you Somebody okay. Well, you wouldn't somebody, go. You wouldn't go that low. Somebody convinced me to do it, and oh. then I did. And one hour on the app, and I was like, "Nope, nope, nope, absolutely, I'm deleting this." It was the ghettoest Psycho. thing I've ever seen. It was just, yeah, yeah it was like, it's yeah. not good. Yeah, not in a good way. Ghetto could be good, not good. Yeah, no, this is it, it's a. Uh... It's the, it's the bottom of the barrel. The bottom <laughs> of the barrel. I there's like, a lot of whoa. there's a lot of there's a lot of fish. <laughs> I mean, if, if, is- if literally all you want is fish, if you're not if you're not picky. Yeah. About whether it's guts or this or that, it's yeah, that's it's, it's yeah. fish. Yeah, and but- the the second part about POF is that there's no swiping feature, so literally it's just like horny men in your inbox by the hundreds bombarding yeah. you, and you're like, oh my god, yeah, no, no, absolutely yeah. not. No. Time to get on. And on that note, uh, make sure that you guys uh, <laughs> tune in next Thursday. The episode with Liz will drop tomorrow morning. Yes. 
uh, where we asked the question, do scorned women make the best music? Hmm. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. The answer awaits. Yes. Uh, make sure you listen to me, Hemp the Show. Uh, make sure you rate us on your Spotify app or anywhere else. Click on the show, find the rate us button, and you know, listen to one episode or two. Give us a rating that helps us out. Make sure you like this show, share it with your friends, all the yep. good stuff. Thank you very much. My name is Lou Martinez, aka at Big Chief Burrito. You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter. My co host at Sophia Carr underscore, also on Instagram and on Twitter. We Thank love you. See you guys in about 13. See you guys in a week and two yeah. days. Nine love days. you guys. Uh, love you guys. Peace Hasta out. Luego.